What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Marvel Lines Podcast, where we cover anything and everything to do with the Marvel Universe, from movies, TV, and, and oh, well, here we go. From comics, TV, and movies, we will go from the Mojoverse to Earth 616 to the Mel Time Zone in order to bring the Marvel Universe right to you. I'm the Uncanny Chris. I'm your friendly neighborhood Brit. Alliance Assemble. This is twice, three days. What could possibly bring us together with guests, Brent? It, it's a hell of a week. <laughs> it is such a good week. <laughs> well, yes, we are back. You know, for those of you that were listening, you know, you're going to see this drop in your feed. It's not like we're prepared. A, a, a little movie, Marvel movies are back. And uh, we got we got a movie. We've got Black Widow that came out. I know you and I saw it uh, Thursday. I know some of our panel saw it Thursday night. Some people were seeing it for the first time on Friday. So, uh, so yeah, we've got an illustrious panel, but before we introduce our lovely panel, we're going to get those network plugs out of the way. We are part of the Geek Ultimate Alliance Network. We've got nine shows coming at you seven days a week. We've got World's Finest True Believers and Ranger Alliance going bi-weekly. We've got DC Alliance, uh, and I'm always going to mess this up, superhero discussions. 
Marvel lines and uh, and then uh, Weird Science, DC, and Marvel Comics Roundup. I'm feeling I'm missing one. Star Wars Alliance and Slice of Film. There we go. It's been a long day. <laughs> and so if we if you uh, want to throw a couple of shekels our way, we do have a Patreon. So if you want to join that, we appreciate our patrons that are on it right now. We got two tiers, $1 to our tip jar. We appreciate that. And then the $5 tier where we've got the early access episodes, ad-free episodes, and exclusive patreon episode so we hope you're enjoying that content and if you can't do can't join us on patreon we understand if you can rate and review us on we have two feeds you can rate and review us on our priority feed is the uh our solo feed marvel line solo feed so you can find that on a podcatcher or if you love all the content on the gua network rate and review the gua network on apple podcast or whatever podcatcher of choice may be and uh this is a big, big day, but uh, we've got to bring up our sponsor, OrganicPriceBooks.com, for all your Omni needs, all your hardcover needs. JP and the crew over at the OPB, uh, definitely getting some great books at you. And so this past, uh, a couple of days ago, we announced that uh, JP was going to be uh, helping us out, uh, giving, uh, doing a giveaway for us, Brent. There, this giveaway is absolutely insane. <laughs> I'm, I'm still blown away when yes, you, when you if, told me about this if, if you just happened to listen tonight yes uh this past week uh, a couple days ago we talked about it I, I went to jp and said hey we got this big review coming up is there anything you might be able to throw away and he said i think i can hook you up i'll do two books and blown away by that so again the first book for the giveaway and again we will tell you in a second what you need to do in order to be entered for this uh timely Black Widow Strikes, the omnibus uh, that just came out a little bit ago, uh, collecting all her early adventures at that point. So you can kind of see there if you're looking at the live feed or go to Organic Rice Books and look up Black Widow there. And off-brand, but on-brand with with our uh, one of our panelists, Katie, on there, Star Wars Legends of the Old Republic omnibus. This just came out this week, collecting the entire Dark Horse run, 1 through 50, and uh, Knights of the Old Republic War 1 through 5 and the Knights of the Old Republic Handbook. So both of these are going to be given away. And we've got another thing for international listeners. If it, we're going to two people can win. If one of you is this only be for one. If you are an international listener and win this, you will receive a hundred dollar gift card to organicpricebooks.com. The reason for that is shipping these books uh, a little more pricey internationally, but we did not want to forget our international listeners. So, Brent, tell the listeners what they have to do, or those who are watching on YouTube, what do they have to do in order to be entered into this contest? Yeah, it's pretty simple. Do what we've already asked you to rate and review the show. Find the solo podcast feed, search Marvel Alliance, leave the rating, leave the review and take a screenshot of it and DM it to either the show account or Chris or myself. Um, Our DMs are open, so it's okay if we're not already following you. Uh, Go ahead and send them our way. That way we can collect all those and enter you in for it. Yes. And if you haven't checked out Organic Price Books, again, check them out. If you use the code at checkout, MarvelGUA, you get $2 off every single order. So again, check out OrganicPriceBooks.com. We appreciate you, JP. We really do uh, thank you for this giveaway. We're going to run this, I think, for about a week at that point and then uh, find our two winners. Again, the reason we need you to DM us your uh, review when it posts on your podcatcher choice is that it helps us uh, kind of 
get in contact with you if you end up being the winner. So we'll do a random no- number generator as uh, they come in. Especially so, uh, because screen names in like iTunes and or Apple Podcasts are not always the same as Twitter. So we need correct. that way to validate. Like it helps us validate you are who you claim to be. Yes, exactly. And again, if you don't are on Twitter, I get that. Email us at uh, Marvel Marvel Lines Podcast. Uh, make sure I get that right because <laughs> I check it only so often. Uh, yes, Marvel Lines Podcast at gmail.com. So make sure if you do not do Twitter, uh, email and we will be there. So things are those are all the plugs. Um, reminder, we're going to be back to our normal time next week, Brent. We'll be back to our normal time Thursday night going live and then dropping in the feeds on Friday. So this was this has been a fun two weeks. It has been. It has been. <laughs> but back to normal is a good thing. Back to normal. So our panel this week, we announced y'all on uh, a couple days ago, or at least if you just uh, listened on Friday, our panel. So uh, we're going to go from where I'm looking at the screen. So uh, our first panelist, you know, it feels like Hollywood Square is our first panelist here. Our first reviewer. Uh, the ho- the co-host of Ranger Alliance and DC Alliance, Clay. Say hi to everyone. Hello. Hi. Um, I can. I just want to say I finally did it. I am now officially the one person that has been on every show in the GUA. <laughs> Other than Travis. I believe Travis was on a Comics Corner with uh, or Roundup with Jim in the very beginning of his show. Mm-hmm. So me and Travis are the two that have been on every single show. Was Travis on one of the Power Ranger ones? Exactly. He's done oh, Power he Ranger. hasn't. Oh, <laughs> snap. Yep. Don't so let him take this done yet. Yeah. No, I, 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 I was just close. I was woo. just close. Yes. <laughs> Congratulations. I'm so glad. Clay. Yes. <laughs> now, do you feel a little like Thanos? You've collected all the stones. Do you feel that power going through you? Oh, 100%. We already know what you're going to do with those uh, those stones if you had the power. So we won't go into that right now. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's a rabbit hole we won't go down. Uh, And our next panelist, uh, Tony, another co-host of Ranger Alliance. Thanks for joining us, Tony. Anytime. Unfortunately, unlike Clay, I've only been on all but two of the shows. Katie's is the only one I have not. Yeah, about. which I oh. think those are mine. Yeah, don't. Found <laughs> <laughs> DC, Chris, now Marvel, and mm-hmm. Rangers, of course. Yeah, it'll be time. It'll happen. Yeah. It'll happen. You just got to pick a movie <laughs> and then come on for Star Wars. I'm always open. That's true. Exactly. Okay. And then another co-host of Ranger Lines, Joe. How the y'alls? I'm uh, I'm just I'm one away. Just gotta get the weekender with uh, with Jim, which is never gonna happen. But it's fine. I, I think the I think the only reason I kind of get I might get a default on Jim is because he came on World's Finest. Correct, maybe like the closest you, it comes. Exactly, but <laughs> I mean it's 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 all good. I'm not I'm not bitter at all. Much. <laughs> and finally, the uh, our next our next and final panelist, Katie, co-host of Slice of Film, actually host of Slice of Film and co-host of Star Wars Alliance. Yes, very excited for the episodes we put out this past week. Um, but yeah, thanks for having me, y'all. I know your my opinion is probably not something y'all want on a Marvel Alliance podcast, but I'm happy. Yeah, we we, we do not want an echo chamber. We want to value all <laughs> opinions at that point. And you claim for hot takes. I know some people on this panel are looking forward to uh, hearing and uh, possible rebuttaling hot takes. So 
but no, we do not want an echo chamber. We definitely don't want that. <laughs> so, all right, everyone. We're going to start off with non-spoiler thoughts first, and then we'll do an ad break, and then we'll get into all the spoilers. So, Because we know, again, some people may be uh, just wanting to uh, see it this weekend and then retuning in. But non-spoiler thoughts. I'm going to toss it to you first, Brent, at that point, and then we'll just kind of go go down the line. All right. I got, I got to get one thing out of the way. I think we all agree this movie should have come out years ago. Yeah. To be fair, there was zero chance it was ever coming out in the first two phases. Another time we can talk about why, but there were out of story reasons why there was no chance that was going to happen, but it still could have come out sometime during phase three. We would have all loved to have seen that, but let's be honest, that's not really a criticism of the film we watched. So I feel like we just need to remember that. That said, there are valid criticisms, I think, to have of this movie. I, I'm sure this is going to surprise people, but I've got a few of them. And ultimately, I thought this movie was great. I loved it. It had so much heart to it. And I thought they really nailed that. But in the same way they nailed that, they kind of were lacking in a few other areas. And so ultimately, I, I, I still haven't firmly settled on where I'm going to rank it. But in general, I think it's a great return to the movies if you haven't been to the movies at all in the last year and a half i think it's a great return for marvel to the movies because it's been two years at this point actually a little bit over two years yeah we we've had the tv shows the movies are back now too and it, as much as i love the tv shows the movies still feel like the main event right now and so i think i think scarlett johansson and the whole cast did a bang up job they did a great job they it, this movie deserved to have been seen a year and a half ago it deserved to have been seen four years ago. I'm glad I got to see it this weekend. Gotcha. Clay. I will say uh, everything that Brent just said. Um, <laughs> one criticism that uh, ha- has been yelled out into the void on Twitter, Facebook, whatever you want to, you know, your social media of choice is why does this film matter? You know, that whole debate, you know, Oh, it's about a character that is technically dead, quote unquote, non-spoilers, because that's a movie that's two or three years old now. (laughs) So I will say this for me personally, didn't even think about it until literally the last five minutes uh, in that aspect. Mm -hmm. So it did really well with getting me engaged into the film. So I do appreciate that. Um, I enjoyed most of the performances, I do have some nitpicks uh, that we will definitely get into. Um, and I do have a little bit of a hot take for one character in particular. So I can't wait to, to talk about that one. All right. Tony, what did you feel? Definitely exceed my expectations. Um, go movie. I was like, cause even just in the comics in general, like I don't care less about black widow for some reason. just, don't care. But as the movie got on, I slowly got interested in the movie. During like a third of the movie, once it got done or so, it picked the pace a little bit. It dragged on in the beginning. But then at one point, that's when I was hooked onto it, enjoyed the whole characters that we saw. Um, some things that I wish they stuck with the comics, but I understand why they did not for the story purposes. Um, which later on we get into the characters, we'll find out why I didn't really like that twist per se. Um, but definitely a film that I actually will go and watch on um, Disney Plus, just because like 
again, it picked up by a lot, especially towards the tail half of it. All right, Joe. Yeah, this is this is one I have. I had fun with it. Fun going in and watching it, and um, like Clay, I also it, it being a quote unquote prequel taking place whatever whenever uh it didn't bother me uh mainly because i am currently in the middle of my mcu rewatch and i'm watching them chronologically and i uh, i'm at the point now where i'm in between civil war and infinity war uh, i think i actually watched doctor strange before uh yesterday before i went and saw black widow because again i wasn't entirely sure where black widow was gonna sit so I was just like, okay, well, I'll just, I'll pick it here. Who cares? Whatever. We do have a, the, the movie does give you a firm time frame when it happens. Um, we'll get into spoilers about that, where it, where it takes place in the, in the spoiler section. But all in all, like, I, I had a blast with it. The characters were great. I thought everybody did a, a really good job. And I walked out of there and enjoying it. Uh, a, I like everybody else. I've got some criticisms yet. No movie is perfect. So, um, I just, I had a blast for that, but that with the exception of, uh, going to the movies and realizing why I am okay. Not going to the movies again, or at least going, um, to a point where there's not many people. But before, before we get to Katie, I wanted to ask since the beginning, I just remembered it. Uh, how many people here saw it at least once in the theaters? Me. All right. So yeah. that's everyone. I, uh, Clay, you did not, I believe, at that point. Correct. I have okay. only seen it on uh, Premiere Access, mm-hmm. uh, which was at 2 a.m. my time. So gotcha. I did my second rewatch on Premiere Access at 5 a.m. So I feel a little bit of your pain. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Cool. I was watching so- Bad Batch. That'll oh, you mean tomorrow. Right, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> that's fair. Yes. Exactly. I already told you my thoughts on that one. Katie. <laughs> All right, Katie. Do we get to start the hot takes and the non-spoiler? Or do we have to wait to the spoilers? Hey, maybe, maybe this is a hot take. Maybe it's not. Okay. Go for um, it. So the film is actually sitting up in the top of my MCU rankings right now. I thought we got a lot of good stuff Ooh, from the wow. director. I thought Kate Shortland did a really incredible job. Um, definitely top 10. I still haven't decided exactly where it's going to go, but I really appreciated the director being able to take a little bit of vision with her um, because this doesn't, this shows promise in the terms of not being your typical MCU flair. It does get those parts in it where it kind of flows back into the typical MCU script. Um, but I really liked what I saw of Kate Shortland and I actually want to do a lot more research into her films and kind of get some glimpses into what she can do as a director. Um, however, I will say that I'm sad Scarlett Johansson, Natasha Romanoff plays once again, second fiddle in her solo movie. So I could, I could see that. Okay. I, I, I would say, yes, you definitely got a hot take cause you're probably one of the first people to say one of their, uh, favorites in their top 10. So that's awesome. I don't. I definitely want to dig into that. I figured so. that would be like a, a nicety to throw out there first, <laughs> that, that's, and, but then also finishing. <laughs> no, it it, it 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 is definitely fair. Um, I tried, and I, I mentioned this a couple of days ago when we recorded uh, Marvel Alliance that 
I am like many others that are big fans of the uh, Marvel uh, MCU. Again, I've gone on record. I'm also DC. I, I love comic books and comic book movies in general. I've tried to do what I could to separate my excitement for just seeing a Marvel movie in the theaters from my expectations for the film, knowing exactly that how much and how unfortunate it was that how much has already come out about this movie due to we might see it in a month. We might see it in three months. Oh, we might do this. So going into it, I tried to set my expectations very, very low, not thinking it was going to be awful, just like doing it like that. And I was very pleasantly surprised at uh, a lot of y'all had mentioned the the characters in it for the most part. Um, this is not taking anything away. Florence Pugh stole the show, in my opinion. Um, very, very much so. And I look forward to seeing more of her character. Um, I think you 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 said saying something that Natasha plays second fiddle a little bit. I can see that in the scenes, but I, what I enjoyed most about this is some of the themes that they really delved into and the homage to one of my favorite, favorite series of, of all time movie theaters of all time that they make a huge homage to. And this whole movie is basically a, probably a little bit of tip that had to is James Bond, mm-hmm. you know, in, in, in a very big way. Oh, definitely, um, I've got that in my spoiler review. Like yep. the first 30 minutes feels exactly like, a setup for a James Bond film. Yep. So. so, but it's definitely, you know, I, I enjoyed it more than I thought I was going to like everyone here. I've got some nitpicks. I've got some, <laughs> some very interesting uh, questions at that point, but it is definitely, I, I would say, even though we're not doing rankings at the end, this is not in my bottom tier. I I don't think it, it ranks there, but it's definitely not in my top, but I enjoyed it. I definitely will be seeing this. I'm seeing this again this weekend when my wife comes back into town um, to watch it on a uh, Sunday premiere access. But yeah, um, I think it was good. It was, it wasn't the best MCU movie, but it wasn't the worst thing I've ever seen out of the MCU. And even the worst thing out of the MCU is still better than most. So, but all right. Any non-spoiler takes before we take our first ad break and get into what everyone's chomping at the bit for talking about the movie proper. Uh, I'll mention something about the prequel stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, in general, I know there's a lot of people, <clears throat> Snell, who are like, oh, I don't like prequels. Prequels are dumb. We already know where they're going. My my thing about that is it, if we don't get prequels, there's a whole lot of time in every single franchise that we all love that we miss out on. Mm-hmm. It's like I don't want to invalidate the idea of a prequel just because I know the end result, you know? And mm-hmm. so, yeah, we, we all know that Natasha dies. We like – Spoiler for you know a movie that came out two years ago. <laughs> Natasha died. The, in the Russos have said. The Russos have said the timeline has more than uh, gone on that one to start talking spoilers. That's true. That's true. <laughs> and the thing about it is, it's like like this exact time frame between Civil War and Infinity War. I wanted a movie in that time. Mm-hmm. I wanted to know more. I would. I, I don't ever expect it, but I'd love to know what Captain America was doing during this time. I would love to see another prequel and stuff like that. There are other times that I want to see in the MCU and other franchises, uh, Star Wars, DC, all that stuff. But there is one thing about this being a prequel that does bug me. And that is with the exception of birds of prey, we can't get a female led movie from one of these big franchises set in the present day. 
I'm like, I want one of them to move the ball forward. Birds of Prey did it, but we all know DC is a little loose with their continuity, but at least it was in the present day. You know, like it wasn't before her first appearance. I guess we'll see them with the Marvels. Exactly. Yeah. Presumably with the Marvels, uh, maybe even Ms. Marvel will, you know, which will be into it. But I, I want one of these movies to be Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman 84, both in the past, Captain Marvel in the past. Mm -hmm. Give me something in the present day. I'll put yeah. an asterisk next to Ant-Man and the Wasp, I guess. And, and to your point, I'll, I'll chime in with that one before we head to our first ad break is you're right. I, I think that's the thing I, I enjoy seeing. Okay. Where did they get to where all the stuff we didn't talk about? Like one of my favorite series and you know, Katie, I will highly recommend it. It's in your alley books, star Wars. They, you know, star Wars by Jason Aaron, star Wars by Karen Gillan, you know, putting everything in between new hope, and empire they're right now doing empire between jedi you know those are cool now canonical stories that uh i just want to see what adventures they take whether i already know what's going on or not i i enjoy seeing mm-hmm. more of that so but anyways before we go down a new rabbit hole we're going to take our first ad break so listeners you know that these ads keep the lights on of the Geek Ultimate Alliance Network. We don't get to choose what ads come on, and they can be a bit loud. So we're going to give you a three count to turn that volume down before they come on. Three, two, one. We'll be right back. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today. To, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere 
and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. All right. So. I know we've got some show notes. I know the show notes are doing that, but it's just a guide of necessarily ideas, things like that. So I'm going to toss it first to Katie to talk about maybe her, uh, we'll talk about kind of favorites, whether it be scenes, sequences, characters, like start us off. So I really kind of enjoyed every character we got in this. Um, I thought uh, Florence Pugh, very phenomenal like i can't wait to see what she does in the future like i was laughing hysterically every time she was on screen but she was also very poignant in what she was doing like it was clear actions like it's probably the funniest movie since thor ragnarok that actually feels like the humor fits in where and what everything's going on um I thought uh, David Harbour as Alexi, oh my gosh. Like, again, I thought he fit, like, the silly, like, strong man who doesn't know what he's doing um, at all. Like, I thought he fit perfectly. Um, I'm sad, probably won't get to see him in future stuff because I think he's a phenomenal actor and he could have done a really great job being a big part of the MCU. Um, always love seeing Rachel Wise on screen. Um, was I felt like she could have done a little bit better with her character, but I'm again like the <laughs> accent was trash. The a lot of the accents were trash. Let's just be real about that, okay? <laughs> I don't know. I, I thought I thought uh, Florence Pugh did a wonderful job with her. Is like she don't what, what <laughs> you know. She I thought she did great. I feel bad for the Russians who are watching this and are going, that's not how <laughs> well, I sound. Anyways, so. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of good stuff going yeah. on. And like I said, I really liked what uh, Kate Shortland put into it as a director um, and putting her flair on it. So, yeah. Clay, you're shaking your head. So I'm going to go to you at that point. <laughs> oh, boy. <Ooh>. Um. <laughs> So, um, I hated everybody's accent in this movie. Um, other than, of course, uh, Scarlet Joe, just because we have seen several times just the same way as we saw, um, oh my gosh, uh, Scarlet Witch, freaking uh, Elizabeth Olsen, mm-hmm. uh, talk about how, hey, time outside of this makes that accent go away. So, we had an excuse for her. But everything else, I I guess I am like not in the same filming boat as everybody else when it comes to Florence Pugh. Um, I found her voice, not just her accent, but her voice kind of annoying. And so that really put me off to her character. Um, I don't know if in the future her performance will get better. Uh, I'm hoping it will. 
because it seems like she is going to be a part of the MCU going forward. Uh, in what way? It's going to be very interesting to see. Um, but my first hot take, I do have it written down. Um, Alexi, uh, with just seeing the uh, the interactions that he had immediately after the uh, prison break. Mm-hmm. Um, Alexi, without even seeing Suicide Squad, Alexi is the better peacemaker. 100%. Ooh, wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. yeah. <laughs> I, I will go ahead and say that. <laughs> Can I defend the DC thing to the DC host? Oh, <laughs> you you need to wait to say that till you see I, Suicide Squad. I, I do, I do, but we we have that's said all, several. Like we and and we've said that a lot of these trailers uh, are kind of out of context when uh, showing John Cena's you know very douchebaggery Captain America s style acting. Uh, so. I, I understand that, but I will say I loved his performance. I love the Red Guardian in this. I feel like every single scene that he was in, I I was laughing. I was enjoying myself watching this movie. Uh, so he was a big uh, part of the enjoyment for this. Um, again, uh, I think everybody's going to have a criticism for, for Rachel, unfortunately. Um, there was moments where I felt like she may have been a little too soft-spoken and it was very hard to really understand what was going on. And that was, I was so focused on her speech. That's when I noticed the slips of her accent. So I think that is why I kind of focused on her accent a little bit more than everybody else. So that's as far as that character. And then, you know, just because it is a greater MCU with more characters that are being reintroduced to us. Um, Sing Thunderbolt Ross again was fun. Like even if it was for a very small amount of time, there was even a tease to, you know, possibly his future um, with something that uh, Natasha said to him. Uh, So I'm, I'm looking forward to the future of the MCU for sure. Even though I, I do have my, quips for this movie <laughs> joe what were some of your uh kind of favorite characters um so i i you know with clay liking every time alexi was on screen which i definitely agree he did a wonderful job uh, david harbour did uh, i loved every single time yelena made a joke like for example when she's <laughs> basically chastising natasha of like, oh, you do the the superhero hair thing with your your hair and the slip posing. <laughs> like, like that was yeah. that was great. And then like, um, there was another part where she's about ready to destroy the plane, and like, this was fun. Bam! Like, it's just she. I know there were some more jokes in there, and I can't remember again. Only saw it one time, and I'm I'm trying to piece everything together from what I can remember. Mm-hmm. But like I, I thought Yelena did a wonderful job. I thought Florence Pugh did a good job. Um, I am definitely looking forward to seeing her in the future um, and, and where she will go. Because I know the uh, – I think Clay shared it in the group chat earlier that Feige had said no more – they're not going to do the long, drawn-out contracts. Everything is just basically one contract, one film, which could be bad. Uh, but also good. Like it, it's good because you're tied to the one film, and I want to see her more. 
you know, in, in the MCU longer. I, I think that part of that is it's money, but also I think yes. it's, it's, it's going to depend on where they want to see the characters go. Cause I think they'll do multi-contract still. It just yes. may not be for, for the money. You're not going to see RDJ money in Chris Evans. Well, no, God, and no, Hemsworth. Yeah, exactly. No, it was, he wasn't point. saying it's one movie, one co- deal, oh, like okay. one movie. Okay, at a time. It was no more <sighs> six to nine movie deals. It's just going to depend on the character on the project. So uh, this person may get a three picture deal. That person may have a one. Gotcha, it, that, gotcha. that was the situation. It's situational now, which uh, a tangent Elizabeth Olsen was that way, like one or two at a time. And she said that actually worked to her benefit because it let her negotiate for higher prices. Okay. Fair enough. And yeah. uh, it, it, uh, on the S bubs in the chat thing, he said no more nine picture deals. So, okay. Um, another, I know, another, sorry, oh, go ahead. No, I just wanted to interject there. And I know, like, Marvel Studios has changed a lot from the first two phases, but that really actually benefits, like, your people of color who are getting into the this industry with the MCU, as well as your female characters who don't typically make that kind of money. I know, mm-hmm. like, a lot of the male actors now are trying to make sure that their co stars or people that they're working with here get the same compatible money that they're getting. And in some cases I agree, in some cases I disagree, but I really do appreciate the, the, like you said, Brent, like Elizabeth Olsen able to negotiate higher up because her character now is phenomenal. And so to see her come in in future stuff, she's not going to make the same money that she made in Avengers 2. But if she'd signed that nine picture deal, she would have. So it really works to her benefit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, I thought, I thought General Ross was fine. Like I was really worried about the de-aging for William Hurt uh, when we originally saw the trailer. Uh, it, that one scene, in my opinion, looked bad. In the movie, it looked fine. It, it was acceptable. Um, I was okay with Taskmaster until the reveal, and then I got some that will go into my least favorite things that we'll talk about when we get there. Uh, and then the last thing, was all the mention of family. And every time they mentioned family, <laughs> where is Toretto? Toretto, <laughs> Dominic Toretto was going to pop up and just going to save somebody every single time. I know Britt was probably I, just I was about cracking the up entire that, yes. time. And then there's that scene that's like a Fast and Furious scene. <laughs> right? Yes, I was dying. I, I am waiting, and I told you this before, is that I was telling you the sole movie, very obviously, is going to be about family in these trailers. I'm waiting mm-hmm. for the mashups. The mashup <laughs> means we're coming. Brent's, th- Brent's thread either is going to continue or is going to have to do like a, a, a crossover thread. <laughs> I'm going to have to learn Photoshop if these memes don't start happening. I did see one where um, where they did Photoshop Dom saving uh, 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 Natasha from falling on, on Volmir. So, yeah, yeah. It's, it's out there already. It's just they're going to keep making more. Yeah. Tony, what were some of your favorite characters? Um, definitely. Um, as everyone's saying, Elena and Lexi, the two, my opinion, the two best characters on the entire movie. They blow everyone out of the water just with um the lines, how they acted. Um, I, the accents they really didn't bother me that much, so I really couldn't like tell. But a few things that really stuck out to me the most is definitely the intro scene with um it smells like Teen Spirit. I know that some people didn't like it, but to me, that was, yes. It felt like, as Travis said this morning at Geek First Round, like it felt like a 90s music video. Well, yeah, you know, during that time, it took place in 1995. So, sure, okay, I can love that slide. But it felt creepy as well. 
which I felt it matched very well with what I'm seeing, what I'm hearing. I sure get this creepy vibe for what Natasha is going to be going through. That plus the fight scene between Taskmaster and Natasha. The first fight scene was probably the best one in the entire movie. The action was great. Um, the jail break scene was hilarious. Our intro to Alexi was just well done. Just right from the beginning, I was like, you know what? I'm going to dig you. So I'm just going to enjoy all the scenes that you're in. Which, and he did, not- did, did anybody catch the uh, the mutant in that, that scene? Go for it. Ursa, the guy that he broke, the arm he broke, that's supposed to be Ursa Major. I thought oh. it was. I thought it was, but I was. I know that it was a little hoping for a little too much. I was hoping for the action. Well, they just called him Ursa, and he was that. I mean, obviously, he didn't change into a giant bear, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, that would. I mean, that's another mutant, and possibly. Is it a mutant? I mean, Ursa Major is a mutant. They didn't name a mutant in the movie, but I know. I mean, I'm I'm reaching here, Brent. Okay, I'm reaching. I'm just thinking of the licensing deal and what if they had rights to it at that point or not? Which they yeah, I don't think they had rights to it. They wouldn't have when they made this. No, that's why they only called him Ursa or Ursa instead of Ursa Major. So I just want to bring that up. A little, a little tip of the hat. (laughs) Continue, Tom. Sorry. Yeah, very good. Um, as like Joe was saying, like the. For Elena, for all the times she was mentioned about the pose, like some one-liners they drag on, but that one it did not last it just well enough. It like it didn't like drag on, but it was just enough that you know what? Every time that she said it, the whole theater just cracked up. That and also when she mentioned her her vest, probably the two best scenes of her and the when she movie. walked in wearing that vest, I was like. I've seen that vest before. <laughs> and maybe that's the girl at me. Cause I was like, I know that vest. And then when she hands it off and you see like the two weeks later scene at the end, I was like, yep, that's the vest. That's the infinity war vest. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Cool. Brent, what you got for some of your favorite characters? I mean, I'm, I'm going to echo what everyone said about Florence Pugh, but as far as favorite character overall, I'm still going to give it to Natasha. I mean, it was her movie, and I think she showed she could carry one. But yeah, Elena, she was fantastic, and I'm I'm looking forward to seeing her in the future. And we had already kind of heard some of the rumors, and we pretty much know where she's going to show up again, and we knew that before this movie even started. Great. I'm glad because it means we're not going to have to wait that long to see her. I'm excited for that. Tony, I'm with you on the music at the beginning. I thought it it was just this creepy mashup of the visuals and the audio. And I know some people haven't liked that choice. I'm not a big Nirvana fan and maybe that's part of it. So I don't feel like this, you know, massive attachment to the original versions of their songs, but I thought it was a really cool visuals it was creepy it was right away it just felt like uh, during that scene i'm thinking once again they've managed to make a movie that just feels so different from everything Mm -hmm. else they're doing Mm -hmm. and no i wouldn't say that feeling held true for the entire time there are elements of it that felt uh, you know elements that felt like captain america or elements that felt like other movies but uh, in general it felt that way aleski Yes, I mean David Harbour. He did a great job. Rachel Wise, I was fine with her. I mean, I wouldn't say she was my favorite, but I didn't have any problems with her, and she definitely got a good laugh out of me. Um, Taskmaster, we're going to talk about because I'm very split on Taskmaster. Um, <laughs> Hold on, I want to say Eric McLean's in the chat. Joe, you're right after breaking his hand. Alexa does say, and I do remember this. Oh, look at the big bear. 
So hmm. yeah, well, but, you know, maybe it's one of those characters that is a mutant, but the rights were split on. Correct. That's probably it was what it was. enough, yeah. or they were working enough with Fox at that point that Fox said, "Sure, I don't care." Um, or just it might just be a nice little tip of the hat, like you can name this character, but not name this character. You know, we could also have added that in ADR yeah. super easily. Yeah, like, super easily. Um, all right, Thunderbolt Ross. I thought the de aging on him in the trailers looked pretty bad. And I thought, oh, good. I'm glad the movie's not not out yet. They have time to fix it. And this is where I'm going to disagree, Joe. I don't think they touched it. I still thought it looked bad. Okay. And I don't understand why, because we saw him in Civil War. We saw him in Infinity War. And it's like they were trying to make him look even younger than he did in Civil War. But they didn't have to do that. I mean, does does William Hurt look a lot different than he did? In- See, now that I don't know. I would need I would need to look at some some yeah, real same. life photos from the timeline. It just it, I did find it a little jarring there. It was very noticeable, look. and yeah, like, you know you what? Can definitely tell. I, at the beginning of the movie, he served a vital role, catching everyone up. Here's we are where we are. Sokovia Accords, you know, Civil War just happened. She attacked the King of Wakanda, mm-hmm. all that stuff. Yes. At the end of the movie, it was totally pointless. I'm like, why? What was the point of having the cavalry show up? Uh, I mean, like, it, they didn't get there in time to help with anything regarding the red room, which was kind of the point of her calling them to begin with. Yeah, like they, it was just there was he didn't add anything to it in the end of the movie. So I felt like his presence. I liked him at the beginning. Felt like his presence. It was just pointless at the end. Uh, yeah, I'm getting ready to pull one up just to so we can uh, see William Hurd. It's from current. Civil War. Uh, it's as current as we can uh, get gotcha. right now. Because while, so- while you do that, the accent thing, I noticed it a couple times, but usually that doesn't really throw me because I I just don't care. I couldn't do those accents, so I'm like, whatever, it's fine. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it they definitely messed with his look some, and I, in my opinion, they didn't need to. Yeah, I think it was more so. I I really don't think they needed to because of the comments that they made for his deteriorating deteriorating health. Like they could have just kept it in. And I know that might've been like a little bit of a jab at the way he normally looks, I guess, but I don't know. It, I don't know. It, Saying <laughs> he had another triple bypass. The, I, I think that was in hindsight, that may have been laying groundwork for red Hulk. He's weaker. He's going to start looking at the yeah. serum. Well, did he have an, did he have another one or is she just referring to his triple bypass from civil in war? Civil war said he had one in this she said it was his second or third yeah mm. she does make okay. he a, that. it looks like he had a cane unless i'm misremembering it but she did no he have. was walking with the cane and he mm. didn't have that cane in infinity war of course when we saw him there he was a hologram but and, and, okay, and i will point. tell you what that is a very hands-on secretary <laughs> <laughs> yes I, I was like hands-on. i was trying to remember like wait he was a secretary what interesting he's he's in the but honestly thunderbolt ross would be hands-on so mm-hmm. I, I, I fit his character. Um, and I'm glad he's still around, you know, for a long time. He was our only connection to the Incredible Hulk. So I'm glad he's still around. Yeah, and he, as far as our records show, he was blipped, if I'm not mistaken. So, oh, OK. Yep. Uh, you know, again, echoing everyone. I think what I want to say with Florence Pugh, I think one of my it's it, 
it sounds it definitely gonna come off like her jokes were just the more of like the uncomfortable or the awkward jokes at that point and i think the most awkward one was on the plane where she's describing the hysterectomy the forced hysterectomy <laughs> and, okay and yeah i, I laughed like, at that one that was great it, it, it was just like her delivery of it yes it's an awful thing that happened we know it's happened because natasha went into it in um age of ultron with her conversation with with bruce and so but it was just her delivery her delivery on a lot of different things just it's a fish out of bottle in that sense of like, like she says, it's the first time ever I've get to be my own person for a change. I get to do what I want. And so, you know, it, it, I, I'm looking forward to that with Alexi. I, I enjoyed his kind of good humor nature. What I want to say about Alexi is this, and I want to go back to in the sense of he is Russia's only successful super soldier. I want to go back to what Erskine said about the serum. Good becomes better. Worse become uh, bad becomes worse. He's actually a pretty good guy. You know, I know in the mm-hmm. opening, he's very much wanted to do that, but as he gets out and he generally looks like he cares for this family and, and, and has grown at that point, he's not too bad of a guy, you know, in that sense, I'm not saying he hasn't done awful things. I'm just saying, it's an it's an interesting to see that that he's not Steve, but he's not the worst. He's not the worst person to ever go for the super soldier serum because we've seen what happens to the uh, crazies of the failed Winter Soldier program. Yep. <laughs> um, but yeah, his his jokes at that point. Um, I know no one's mentioned it, and I'm not saying he's my favorite, not a favorite character, but Drakov as a villain. It, again, it goes back to what I said. He's a good Bond villain. Did his part. Okay. Did did exactly what it was. I wasn't expecting much out of it. Very, very straight to point. One could say it was one dimensional. Fine, but that is a lot of Bond villains in that sense. And I'm not saying, oh, good, put a sleeper agent around the nation. Oh, that's hydrologan. Okay, I am taking what this movie's trying to do at that point for the character that he's representing. So I appreciate what? it. I just wanted to kind of put it out there that he was an okay villain for what the purpose he served. And uh, and not even just Bond villains, really just spy movie villains. Mm-hmm. Like, you're, you're right. I, did, I didn't think of it like that and thinking on it, because he wasn't, in my opinion, I thought he was just a whatever character. Like, okay, yeah. he's there. He's the whole reason why they're doing what they're doing. But you look at it through that lens of him being the the, the Bond villain. I'm like, okay, I, I can get behind that. I, that's, a, that's a good point, Chris. I, I didn't think of yeah. it that way. And I, I agree with you, Brent. One of my favorites is, is Natasha. Um, and I think it goes to the themes of the movie that really, really kind of rang home to me in my second time watching it at that point. The idea, not only just a family at that point, but the sins of the past coming back to haunt her and and the legacy of her her, her own legacy in this world. Remember what Loki said in Avengers, you know, glorious purpose. No, besides <laughs> glorious purpose. At that no, point, the other line. The, the the other line at that point, just bringing it out, and um, uh, I've got it in my notes right here. The um, you know, calls out saying, "Can you wipe all that out that much red?" Drakov's daughter. We didn't know who the heck Drakov was at that point. You know, at that point, and, I thought it, it was referring to like Drakov as being her her father. Yeah. 
So that was that seed was set that all the way back in the first Avengers movie. So I I think again it was her trying to deal with these issues in the past and um yeah I I think she may like as you said Katie plays a little more second fiddle to Florence Pugh's character at that point but I think she she does a lot in this movie to showcase what exactly and bring a close to her character you know, you know at that what would have you know what would have made this movie 10 times better for me and then probably put it at the top of my list is if this had been Florence Pugh's movie and Nata- Natasha Romanoff was a shining character to her Florence Pugh's kind of like exploring and going okay this is how I got free kind of thing and hitting that backstory because I think I think the big difference between this film being a prequel which I don't mind I've Solo is one of my favorite Star Wars movies to date. And that's probably some people, some people call that like the most stupidest prequel ever. I don't care. But for me, you're entitled to your opinion. You're totally entitled. (laughs) I think the biggest thing it could have taken being a leading fact, uh, the leading movie for phase four was having it tell a story versus going back and telling a story from the current timeline in the MCU. So after Endgame and saying, hey, can like can we take some characters from here and tell one of Natasha's shining moments as a hero in this sense? Because for her, she goes in and says, okay, the Avengers are my family and leaves with the Avengers are my family and the Widows are my family. And well, like the family she cultivated in Ohio. Y'all get what I'm talking about. But like... Mm -hmm. For me, there's nothing shining in Infinity War or Endgame that shows Natasha, other than the vest, was that Natasha was still caring about her widow family. If you take it and you say, okay, during the time frame of Infinity War and Endgame, she said, oh, okay, I need to go find those widows and try and help them find a place because they literally just found that they are their own person now. So... To me, it does a disservice to Natasha's character and doesn't really give her a a shining close-off mark because she knew the Avengers were her family. She talks about it in Infinity War and Endgame. And so there's there's nothing here that says, link me to the current timeline and say, this is why her death mattered. So yeah, that's, that's my biggest thing with this film is that if we get Florence Pugh's character in the in the uh, post-credit scene, that could have been a connection at the beginning that says, "Let me tell you of, let me tell you how I got free." Like she runs into Clark Barton or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but it's just that's what really drives me insane is that there's there's no tie to the last two movies that says this is why this movie should matter, other than we get a little bit of extra backstory and she helps recover her past that isn't shown in the last two movies. So. I uh, kind of want to switch gears a little bit and kind of look at kind of favorite moment, favorite sequences in this. And I want to start us off by some of y'all kind of hinted towards it, but like the opening. Um, I'm a huge fan of the the show, The Americans on FX. And my goodness, <laughs> someone was definitely watching that show in order to uh, kind of make this the kind of Russians living in America at that point, posing that. I mean, I I. I love seeing that, but also 
that opening was probably the creepiest opening I've ever seen. And when very impressed that Marvel kind of went that way in just basically showing human trafficking, you know, and, and, and in a different way. And the, the just mind warping stuff that these girls had had to go through at, at that point, I think they did a very good job. Even the second time watching it early in the morning, I was very creeped out by the, by the opening. And um, I get I mean, I, they succeeded in that purpose. What did y'all think about how the movie kind of opened in the flashback? I enjoyed it. Um, I I've recently I mean, as far as the the content that I watch on Netflix and stuff, a lot of stuff recently has been like 90s based. So seeing the opening 1995, I was like, oh, this is so cool. And I'm like <laughs> the very first time you see 1995, I'm kind of thinking, wait a minute how old is Natasha in this film? Like in, in the MCU as a whole, I'm like, is she really that young or whatever? So, you know, trying to play with timelines and stuff, but I do like that opening. I absolutely love the, the opening. Um, the kind of uh, not, I don't want to say gaslighting, but like kind of lying to protect the kids. Like, Hey, do you remember how I said we were going to have that adventure one of these days? Well, today's the day. And you think it's going to be like them kind of playing that game of, oh, this is an adventure. You'll be safe. The very next thing you see is him grabbing the rifle and and uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Elena grabbing all the bullets for him. I'm like, oh, my God, what in the world? Like, are they just going to start like having a war zone in their freaking neighborhood? <laughs> what is about to happen? Um, but the plane scene, the plane scene was uh, was great for, you know, your first kind of action scene uh it does it did make you know tensions high when uh people were actually getting shot we didn't know exactly what was happening at that point and i do like when you go far into the past like that because you can play around with things and still be shocked by the outcome uh if it's a little sooner say what the entire movie is about. Like I said, this was engaging enough for me to say, Hey, I don't care about it being in the past until literally the last five minutes. But in 1995, when things, when tensions were high, I was like, I don't know what's happening. I have no idea how they're going to get out of this. What's going to happen. And I do like that about the, about the opening for sure. I'm the spubs in the chat saying I thought Alexi was going to fall off the plane and how he would have ended up in how he would have ended a person. I was just wondering how did he get back in that plane? <laughs> that, that's what no, he, he did. He yeah. definitely got back in the plane because yeah. they showed him getting out of the plane with with Molina. I, I assumed they landed somewhere else between Ohio and Cuba while Molina still had enough wits about her to talk young Natasha through through the lane it, it's a head cannon i don't know yeah. a, the other alternative is he climbed in the plane when they were up in the air and that feels less likely to me <laughs> by the way young natasha played by ever anderson she did a fantastic job mm-hmm. um mila jovalich is her mother i just think that's oh wow oh oh wow yep. nice. so just a nice little bit of trivia there but i i thought really i thought both both of the young act- actresses did a really great job of capturing their characters. Uh, Violet McGraw was young Elena. And like that scene after the plane has landed, when they go to take Elena and 
Natasha pulls the gun off the guy, like kicks his arm away and pulls the gun. I mean, to me, that felt like Black yeah. Widow. Mm-hmm. And, and it was interesting just seeing that, like, okay, she's received some training already. Yeah. And, and Yelena has obviously gotten a little bit, but it hasn't been formalized because they make that statement like you were, you know, she she is not the youngest they've had to train before. Well, they I said they she said was she was because six. they. Oh, she and is. That, okay. Gotcha. And, yeah. then, and he goes, well, you were younger when you started. Okay. That's what it was. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I so, think, well, cause she, she acts like she was literally pulled off and then thrown into this as like an adopted because Yelena specifically says she has like, she thought it was real, like completely. And I mm-hmm. get like being younger and stuff. Like sometimes you fall into that rut, but for me, I thought she was literally pulled off. And then they said, yeah, you look like the rest of this family. Okay, you're going to go with them. That makes sense to me. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the exact quote is, she's only six, and that's when Alexi said, and you were even younger. There it is. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. There you go. See, it helps when you're watching the movie right live, right, Clay? <laughs> <laughs> yes, for sure. Um, before, I'm going to toss it to anyone who wants to uh, give an, another favorite scene or sequence as we go through this, do our uh, second ad break. Uh, listeners, again, these ads keep, keep the lights on in the Geek Ultimate Alliance Network. We don't get to choose what ads come on, and they can be a bit loud. So I'm going to give you that three count to turn that volume down. Three, two, one. We'll be right back. All right. Who's got a favorite se- scene or, or sequence? Obviously, leave out the end credits. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, who wants to go? I I felt that, like, and of course, I do feel kind of duped because of how the film ended up being. Uh, But one of my favorite scenes is what I felt was going to be like the tone of the movie, which technically it kind of was Um, when Natasha and her sister are uh, after the first encounter of them, like the whole throwing around the apartment. And we've all had our before going live quips about that. Um, <laughs> they, they're, they're getting shot at, you know, they're running and, uh, there's another assassin that is running after them and she ends up falling. Now I did write notes about, uh, Natasha's, uh, secret super strength when she falls down as well. But <laughs> when she, I, I do she love the, she that she talked to the power broker, right? We already know what's yes, going on. Yes. Um, I, I do love how her time with the Avengers has changed her. And that was a big part of this movie about like, Hey, I'm not just that girl who was in the red room. I am now a hero in a, in some aspect, even though that family is technically broken at the moment, she was trying to help that individual and you saw like her leg was broken and she couldn't move. And that one moment for like a split second, I got winter soldier vibes. Like for that one scene, mm-hmm. I was like, this is how the rest of the movie is going to be. Let's go. Um, Cause, cause then you see a little bit more of the mind control, which I think Tony teased this in his non-spoiler thoughts about uh, how things were not necessarily comic book accurate, quote unquote, with how the Red Room was, which I am so glad that they actually uh, talked about it in the movie. 
they talked about it with uh, Natasha and then uh, Rachel's character as well, saying that uh, they were not necessarily mind controlled, but they were conditioned to do what they had to do while technology has advanced. And even with us in reality watching these movies, you're like, ah, conditioning, it, is that really going to be believable? Well, now you can believe, hey, this is mind control, right? It's something just added to it. And we get the first glimpse of that when you see that assassin just take herself out. And I was like, holy crap. And another thing, do you guys feel like shit was used way too much in this movie? The word shit? Bullshit? Bullshit, bullshit and shit was used a lot. I noticed it a lot. So I was relatable. Yeah. I had other problems with that one in like (laughs) theater wise. So I don't know. (laughs) Life started imitating art, art, and yes, exactly. In in Joe's theater, yes, we we know that. But I, I felt like it was happening or it was being said a whole lot. And it doesn't bother me at all. I just, for, for me, I noticed it and I was like, eh, okay, whatever. And I moved on, but it was just something that I noticed. You know, usually I would say being a PG 13, it's Marvel movies. You don't expect to hear it as much. So that's probably another part, part of that. But I think it also goes into kind of the, the culture that we're dealing with in the sense of their, what they're representing. But you're right. I did start noticing it a little bit, but, it, I, that's what I chalked it up to. Okay, it, it was there a lot. I thought it was funny actually every time they did that. But <laughs> it, like, like everybody, myself included, thinks, oh, it's Disney. It's you know, prim and proper, and nothing, you, you know, nothing so vile as cursing or whatever. And so, like, it does kind of like make me laugh every time I hear it in an MCU movie. But if you, this movie had it more than most, but most MCU movies have some of it, not. It, not as much as this one did, but so, some of it. I mean, and this one used the word douchebag, for example. Not even the first MCU movie <laughs> to use the word douchebag, but it. Yeah. I mean, they they definitely. Well, I mean, they don't. You really. I mean, you don't get f bombs, but they'll drop some language, no problem. It, it'll be fine. You can. It, it'll be a special feature on on the Blu-ray and the 4K at that point that uh, <laughs> you can insert. Uh, you know, language from uh, Chris Evans at that point. He's recorded yeah, it. It's you. ready to go. Um, what other uh, sequences anyone kind of wants to call out there? Some of their favorites. I I uh, I loved when Alexi broke out of the prison, like that he gets mm-hmm. the doll yeah. of himself. He pulls the cord, just kind of remembering, reminiscing. The head pops off. He puts the earpiece in, and then he just has that that smile on his face. Goes up to the guards and just rips them right through the guard shack, proving. That he could have got out any time, if he really wanted to. He just he didn't he didn't know why he was in jail. He he was saying that when uh, he was in the plane or in the helicopter. Well, but, he kind of, well, he kind of said he kind of knew for basically he kind of figured out like him speaking out against Drakeoff, basically. Yeah, yes, but um, but he also he just could have got could have got out whenever, and he chose to stay there and just kind of become top dog. Uh, but then him actually breaking out was. It was just fun to see. I, I had a lot of fun with that one. I, I laughed. 
the, the whole moment of don't make a scene and he immediately makes a scene. <laughs> exactly. That that yeah. joke hit really well with me. It was really, really funny. Now, let me ask you all this at that point, because uh, Travis Hines uh, and he and I were talking about this this morning at that point. Do you all think that him and Captain America ever met? So I have a thought on that. <laughs> Isaiah Bradley, he- maybe. Exactly. That, I think that, that, that kind that of was talking about that, but I don't think so either on that well, one. I, it, it doesn't track. I was very confused with the timeline. Yeah, and same. I was like, well, okay. wait a minute. And I thought that was the joke. So I, I was like, so okay. Too. And that's the whole reason why he gets like a little mad when it comes to Ursa when he you know does the arm wrestle because he's calling him out on it. And so I was like, oh, that's the whole joke. I get it now. But I didn't even put into perspective possibly Bradley being the Captain America that he's talking about. Because at so. that the, the years he said Isaiah was presumed dead and he got out of jail. I'm not saying that he went and put the shield on again, yeah. but he was around. And maybe maybe uh, Alexa just like, oh, well, he's a Captain America. Doesn't care yeah. if he has a shield or not. Well, it's there not- was another variant out there. Uh, you know, true. Yeah, I'm just saying, maybe in the eighties. Yeah, hmm. but I thought by that point, at least remembering Falcon and Winter Soldier, that he was basically oh, he was Vietnam, v- Vietnam at post Vietnam. He was already in jail. Yeah, but in the eighties is when they faked his death. Some didn't say when in the eighties, just in the eighties they faked his death. I don't think Isaiah's looking for a fight. Correct. He just he just went into hiding. Yeah. Again, not to say that Alexi didn't run into him at some point in time. I don't think it's I don't think it's what happened. But but his whole his whole thing is like I I consider myself a contemporary, you know, colleague, (laughs) you know, what whatever. I I thought that was nice, but again, it's just we all know he's just lying because he wants to. He he wanted to be the Captain America of Russia. Mm -hmm. I don't yeah, think he, Steve Rogers has ever even heard of him. No, no, <laughs> no, no, not at that point. So, but no, I think that's, that's a good sequence. Uh, Katie, what do you got for, for what are your favorite scenes? Definitely. I think the prison rescue scene was probably my favorite, just kind of getting to see all those characters uh, interact really. Um, another good one, I think is, um, Really just kind of where um, Scarlett Johansson or Natasha and uh, what's Drakeoff, um, that kind of scene where they're finally confronting each other and even the she's dressed as Molina up front. I thought that was really cool. Um, and I, I, this is the point where I talked to the movie and I was like, okay, she's, she's trying to break your nose to block the smell, like hormones thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just thought that was that was probably really the most I'm trying to figure out the word for this. I really, that was probably the highlight of Natasha's uh, of Scarlett Johansson's performance for me was seeing that scene and her kind of really confronting it. That's probably her best moment in the film for me. Um, I like it that she basically pays again, it's homage to uh, the first Avengers where she plays Loki for the fool at that point to reveal enough. And you, she has that moment saying, Oh, so you're doing this. That's what you're saying. Mm-hmm. That's a complete callback. And it was done even better this time. Yeah. 
You know what? I'll say it. I, I was going to say the Taskmaster fights, but I, I'm going to say this specifically. I like the free fall at the end. I know that's something I've seen mm. some criticism of the CGI on. And there's a couple spots here in that sequence where you're like, okay, well, that part was obviously CGI. But in general, I really enjoyed that sequence. I thought it was a blast to watch. So I'm going to throw that part out there. I, if I'm not mistaken, and again, someone's going to probably yell at me at that one. That's another callback to Moonraker. I think at the end of Moonraker, there's a, I want to say there's a, a sequence similar to that at that point. And, and the whole idea with it, like superhumans around the globe trying to take up, I mean, that's the same thing in Moonraker. So. Mm-hmm. Probably, got, um, when we meet Melina again, because when we first see, like, she seems all this sweet, innocent mom, and then out of nowhere, she's this, like, sick lady. She almost kills a pig. I'm like, man, this woman has a dark side. <laughs> like, her face was like, oh, don't worry. It's fine. Like, are you sure? Because my whole theory was like, oh my god, what's happening? What's happening? What's happening? We, just the whole pig scene was like, oh, cute, and then just got very dark because even my fans like we had did not think that was gonna happen at all like is this pig gonna die man <laughs> the peta people are gonna be ticked yeah right? God, man i don't kill an animal <laughs> i will say that that part actually did a really good job at making me uncomfortable mm-hmm. watching it because it's in the back of your mind yeah they're all talking and you're wanting to get the information for the movie but you still know that that pig is suffocating, and it's just, it it made me very unsettled. Well, what, that, was it, that. wasn't it Natasha the one that's saying, um, "Okay, can you bring the pig back at that point?" <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, and even like the pig scene to me, that was almost more chilling than having the widow take the gun to her head, because it's just like, okay, like you you gave her a quick out. But then the pig is literally sitting here like, like suffering. suffering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. 100%. Well, even going to that, that's one of my other favorite things is just what I call the family reunion. Them sitting around the table and kind of reminiscing at that point. But like you like you had brought up, Clay, listening for the information. Melina talking about, you know, their mission in Ohio, North Institute in Ohio. S.H.I.E.L.D., well, really, it was HYDRA. Love that callback, posing as S.H.I.E.L.D. to get their knowledge of the Winter Soldier program, unlocking the potential to control free will. That That is a huge... That, that's, it, that is what, that's what HYDRA was. That's what Project Insight was, taking out, everyone, taking out the whole idea of anyone who would question that authority. And But to the point of Yelena even saying, I thought it was real. I thought the family was real. I, I I needed this. I need this in some way, shape, or form to be real for me. And um, that's definitely in consideration of some of my top kind of non-action moments is that family reunion scene. Agreed. And it was real. Just to be perfectly clear, for all four of them, it was real. And everything in the opening sequence tells you that. There, Each character has a moment in that opening sequence telling you it was real for them. You know, I, I mean, Yelena's the entire thing, the entire thing. She's just excited to go on adventure with her family. Natasha makes the point of saying she doesn't want to leave Ohio. Melina, she takes the, the scrapbook, the picture book, like the mm-hmm. family photo album. And OK, to be fair, we don't know if she takes it during that time. But did anyone not think she was going to grab it when she made Natasha put it back down? No. Yeah. And then, of course, at the end, Aleski, he... He, when he he gets Natasha to put the gun down, 
and basically distracts them while they're being drugged. Yelena had like a little stuffed animal with her that she had dropped. He picked it up and took it with him. Yeah. He doesn't do that if it's not real. The whole the whole thing and the way they would fall back into like old family dynamics like the two sisters fighting or yelling at mm-hmm. their parents or being embarrassed by their dad <laughs> or even you know, embarrassing their dad like the whole thing we talked about with the four sisterectomies earlier where they readdressed that but they still did it in a way that embarrassed their dad it the, the whole their whole dynamic was absolutely incredible dad talking about getting peed on you know <laughs> 35 degrees celsius you know or dad talking about how he had a lot of energy that, that, <laughs> yes. Well, not that, but also like when he was saying American Pie, like yes, my thing yes. was the biggest smile on my face when I was hearing him sing that song. Like, wow, that's a very touching moment. Like him just singing mm-hmm. that from the last moment they were in America. Well, uh, especially it, it, right after he had just tried to tell a story to Yelena to try to connect with her, mm-hmm. and it meant nothing to her because she, mm-hmm. she had no idea what the heck he was talking about. <laughs> And then he gets well, up, walks over, and he starts singing the song, and it just it hits on her like, okay, yeah, he did care. Well, even just the use of not only Admir- use of it then, but also in the beginning of the movie as they're as they're basically trying to escape, is perfect because the the whole song "American Pie" is about the mm-hmm. loss of innocence of American music as it comes of age, much like you know Natasha, Yelena, yep. the family itself. They've just lost everything at that one moment it, it it's a perfect use of that song as yeah, especially, song too, so. it's, it, true especially as you're seeing americana go by like the kids playing flashlight tag you've got mm-hmm. foot, the football game yep. yeah but also just saying young uh elena singing that song i have it, the very first thing i wrote in the notes uh very creepy like i don't know why it just give mm. it gave me creepy vibes before the uh, smells like teen spirit seat. Like, so. Is it because you think she killed Buddy Holly? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sorry. I, I, I want to mention, because I want to give everyone spins, um, we, we we finally go to Budapest. Is Budapest what we all, what at least at this point? That's bullshit. <laughs> okay, Katie, go for it. All right. <laughs> and this is where I'm like, okay, so we could have had like the Budapest scene. That's a prequel I'd love to get is tell me how Natasha, like, which granted we kind of got it here, but like, I'd love to see that like outlined, whether it's just like a short, like one off TV episode or whatever. But anyways, um, like, because at least we know like what Budapest was for. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's, my opinion but when they when they call the attention to it and the guy that like says oh yeah i brought your mail from budapest and then she's like oh yeah like what am i supposed to do with that i was like okay what the heck is going on like is this budapest like is this really what we're about to get because like we were told like the hawkeye guy was like oh yeah like he's gonna be in here no he wasn't like spoiler alert but that was like a yeah, big rumor with that. this movie. I thought there was a legit gonna be like a flashback scene of maybe even like, like two seconds of what their experience was inside them hiding in that place for two days. Like mm-hmm. even that would have been like, okay, we saw something. Right. Yeah. Well, they yeah. had the hangman like, game that they didn't finish for butt sex. But but that's what I mean. Like we only saw. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. We only saw. Sorry. I'm so we, sorry. We, we only saw. 
the results of them hiding out. We mm-hmm. didn't actually get to see what that was. And I legitimately thought because of the rumors of uh, Clint being there uh, in this movie, which I mean, technically not technically, maybe he was in there, maybe not. We'll get to it when we get to the movie uh, to the end of the movie. But uh, uh, I just, I just, I felt that there could have been maybe one scene mm-hmm. and it could have just been them playing tic-tac-toe. And I would have been like, yeah. okay, we got something. Yeah, because I don't, I, I don't consider this like Budapest. And I mean, we know Clint's like, oh yeah, we're never talking about Budapest again. Um, and I'm like, I want to know more. So for me, yeah, the whole going to Budapest was bullshit. Um, well, you you mentioned someone that I finally I was getting very frustrated. And I and if I missed it, I missed it twice then and I had to go to the credits. You know, her her basically our courier at that point, O T, uh the actor. Anyone catch his name? Because I had to go to the I had to go to the I, credits. Mason. Because even even I know it's Mason, but it's not even in close captioning. At no, no. point does he, it no. ever go to Mason in close captioning. So for me. And this shows how much that I do not know about Marvel. Um, I thought, and maybe somebody can give me the actual name. I can't remember him even in the video game. I thought he was the Quinjet pilot in Marvel Ultimate Alliance for Fantastic Four. Like they? No, that's Dum Dum Dugan. Is I it Dum Dum Dugan? I'm pretty sure that was Dum Dum Dugan. Okay, because uh, I, I thought that there was somebody that was specifically a pilot for the Quinjet in S.H.I.E.L.D. at some point or another, and I thought that was that character, and I was looking for a name and looking for a name. Oh, it's, it's not Dum Dum Dugan. It's, it's, um, I'll try and find it. It's not him either, though. Okay, because I thought maybe it was some sort of like, hey, first appearance type thing. But So, yeah, it, it, it for the record... I think Budapest was just fine as is. I, I I'm gonna be the one to say we didn't need a cameo. We didn't need Hawkeye to show up. It would have just distracted. We just would have had people complaining. Oh, of course, Marvel did another cameo. It was Scarlett Johansson's movie. Let it be Scarlett Johansson's movie. After yeah. all this time, after she cameoed in other people's movies or she guest starred in other people's movies, no, screw that. It was her movie. We didn't need it. And frankly, it. The 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 legend of Budapest. Oh, it's like Budapest all over again. We, you and I remember that very differently. It was never going to live up to it. They can't show it to us. True. It will not live up to it. Whatever you have in your head will not match if you ever see it. It's better, apparently. That's a that's a very <laughs> fair point, Britt. However, I'm gonna say she sacrificed herself for him, and then we that's like the biggest part of her Avengers family. She sacrificed herself for everybody. She also sacrificed True, but she also sacrificed herself so Clint could be with his family. Because she forget because family because they both had things <laughs> that they wanted to pay, to pay penance for. Yes, by doing this, and so he she specifically goes, "No, I'm going." And yes, she may have sacrificed so the world could come back, but they both were on the table, and she could have just as easily said, "Okay, yeah, sure, bye." Well, uh, remember, we do have a hot. We- we do have a Hawkeye show, so we may also get some stuff there. We may not, but I agree with you, Brent, that, you know, it, it the legend, when the legend becomes fact to print the legend, the legend in our head is a lot better than what's go, what would ever be depicted. 
uh, Clay, the answer to your question is Wyatt Wingfoot. That's the character that was. That's the name. Yes, I thought it was going to be Wyatt. But yeah, that was frustrating because I just don't think he was ever named even in the movie until until the credits. And like I said, you watch closed captioning whenever he's on screen, he's never given a a name at that point. So I I, I I enjoyed it. I don't know if he's going to be one of these one off characters, but they definitely didn't. He, I, I want to say he even got on a, on a character poster at some point. Oh wow! Yeah, he did. Yeah. So <laughs> so <laughs> so. I, I, Uh, here's my thing about the whole Budapest uh, flashback scene and this is going to dive into a character that we have not touched on yet uh, so I guess I mean it's all spoilers yeah go for it yeah yeah. Um, she is following Dreykov's daughter uh, Antonia uh, who is like what 10 something like that very young girl and uh, she's following him to get or following her to get to Dreykov and then inevitably calls in like a drone strike to kill Dracoff, inevitably killing Antonia as well. How did Antonia get all scarred up when she gets revealed to become Taskmaster? Shocker reveal. Uh, how is she all all scarred up, but Dracoff is not? If they were it's in the same not room. an it's not an airstrike. It was it the was briefcase a, a bomb. Yeah, it was a bomb. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the briefcase that she was right next to. Gotcha. So that's why she got the blunt the force of everything. Okay. Yeah. Again, only saw the movie one time, so I need to I need to see it again before I can actually give like a uh, like I have my rating when we get to the end, but it it, it will definitely change upon a second viewing. Okay, well, that answers my question. Thank you. Yep, there. Um, trying to think of anything. Anyone have any other favorite scenes, favorite sequences before uh, we uh, change over to maybe uh, least favorites? Least favorite things, pa- moments, characters. I know we're probably all going to have a, a similar character in mind. Yeah, character. I mean, obviously, everyone's thinking Taskmaster. As Taskmaster. I thought it was great. I love yes. the action scenes. My my complaint there would be we'd kind of seen all of it in the trailers. Yeah. Because yeah. they had to do yep. extra trailers. And I'm like, okay, I understand there were extra trailers involved in this because they had to ramp up the marketing multiple times. It just, it kind of stinks to have seen that much of it ahead of time. But still seeing the sequences together was really cool to watch. My girlfriend, at the end of the movie, my girlfriend leaned over to me and she's like, so we literally just saw the whole movie in the trailer. I'm like, yeah, yeah, kind of. Because the t- all the Taskmaster scenes were there, all of the... I wouldn't say that. There was a few... I wouldn't go, I mean, I wouldn't go that far most of the them. whole movie. Yeah. The last a shot of her. <laughs> yes, you not, did not see the, the way, last... The last shot of her before the two-week jump was yes. in the trailers. And I, yeah, well, in my opinion, is... that should never be there. Well, I think here's the whole thing, you know, Taskmaster, it, it was obviously done very differently than what it is in comics. That doesn't bother me as much. What bothers me in the sense of I, 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 this is where we get into as fans. The problem is where we, where we expect a lot more out of a character we know and have seen throughout the, the series and expect a little bit more. But what we got out of it, it worked well for the purpose of the movie. Yeah. And so if you if you separate yourself from that instead of what you wanted with what you got, okay, yeah, you could be upset you didn't get what you wanted, but make your own movie at that point. Can Taskmaster come back in the MCU, the character, the idea behind it? Yes, Taskmaster has been a lot of different people 
hasn't been the same person always, you know. I I just think if they they have some work to do if they want to yes. show him again. The the first place to me would be probably the Thunderbolts, but they have they have some work to do if if we're going to care about this character beyond you know three pretty cool fight scenes. Yeah, I, I thought, uh, but here's the other thing. I call in my mind, and <laughs> I called it was ta- she was Taskmaster after we kept on revisiting. What about the daughter? What about the daughter? What about the daughter? I say, okay, she's Taskmaster. So er- early on, I thought <laughs> Taskmaster was at least female because I thought it was uh, 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 Rochelle uh, Raquel Weiss. Or, sorry, Melina. I thought that's who it was. Like she was just playing everybody. So I was right on the being a female. Um, but have it be revealed to be a, an Antonia. I'm like, okay, fine. it for the story. It makes sense because yeah. Drakov's, you know, Drakov's daughter is injured. What's the best way to keep her alive? Well, throw her in the program. Why not? Like it's going to, it's going to keep her alive and now she can fight and, and he can control her even more, which is problems all on its own. But that reveal, as annoying as it was, whatever. Okay, I get it. Yeah. I get why they did it. Would I like to see... Would I have liked to have been a better reveal? Yeah. Would I like to see Taskmaster return? Yes. Does it have to be Antonia? No. So we'll see. Well, before I jump into uh, Taskmaster, because Chris did ask if there was any other parts that we enjoyed in the movie, um, just because I'm watching it right here. There he is. Um, <laughs> the the moment where uh, it's right after uh, the singing scene with uh, Alexi and uh, Elena, but when the light shines, I will admit I jumped. It was 3 a.m. at that point. So, I mean, <laughs> it, it did the noise and everything kind of like woke me up. Um, but... Uh, in very MCU fashion, the dart scene when they're shooting him in the chest. <laughs> um, it was very much an MCU moment, which I actually enjoyed. Um, the one dart, and I was just like, oh, they're going to shoot him with war. You know it's going to happen. <laughs> and just like the sound effects that they used for the yeah. darts made it so well. Um, so I did really enjoy that moment. But moving on to Taskmaster, I feel like Black Widow, in a way, and I know people will probably take this in a wrong way, but I will explain it. Black Widow as a movie is probably the most comic book movie in the sense of this is how the plot goes. Here's the very obvious twist. Here is the notion of like, hey, no story is original anymore type of thing. Uh, because everybody was like, oh, this is Winter Soldier, but different. Uh, I think even Snell said this is uh, this is Winter Soldier, but not as good, I think, is, is what he's quoted uh, in Geekverse. But the twist of Taskmaster, uh, I will say the, the kind of like Iron Man like hub that we saw in the very beginning, I almost thought like, if this thing's an Android, if this is like the Terminator, let's do it. Like this is a new reiteration that we've never really seen before because when I saw that he, he now she was going to be a part of this franchise taskmaster has been like very, 
a very diverse kind of character recently in comics. Mm-hmm. You've seen him very, very serious, very, very deadly. But recently, you've seen him very, very jokey. Yep. And so you're like, okay, where are they going to take him? I didn't necessarily think he was going to be the jokey type in a Black Widow movie because of the tone that we were seeing. But you never know. You know, there could have possibly been moments. But just seeing that almost Terminator feel to the character was fun while it lasted. I will say that. Um, I will not agree with, you know, seeing all of her moments in the trailers. Maybe that was because I didn't see all of them, which, I mean, (laughs) thankfully, I was able to hold back on a lot of those. But I did, like, when the reveal happened, it didn't surprise me. Like, I didn't guess it, but I was like, okay, that's a very comic book thing to do. Let's Mm -hmm. move on. I like your idea of, because I I originally, I could think about the idea of do it kind of a RoboCop thing in the sense of take your, the the best widow you thought that might have died in action, but she was the best at that point and just put the brain or whatever into a, uh, into become the taskmaster at that point and, and do that. So that's not, that's, that's a, I like that. But with the, I thought this was interesting. You know how we see Taskmaster in the sense of analyzing, you know, Natasha, which I thought was cool. We never saw the face, and I know why. Obviously, we weren't trying to do the reveal. But also, when we realized who it was, we still didn't see the face inside. But you flipped at it with Tony. We see Tony's humanity. We see exactly what Tony is seeing and doing at that point. Mm-hmm. He's got the humanity. She does not. Yep, the free will is gone. So. No, I would say this like as like you guys were saying how like uh, Taskmaster. Uh, yeah, I do wish it was more comic accurate, but I understand why they changed it for story purposes. Because uh, I'm used to the wedding uh, banter. So yeah, sure, I would love to see Taskmaster way banter with like um, Spider-Man in the MCU or the Moon Knight or whatever. But the two things that really disappoint me the most with Taskmaster is one. I kind of wish that when um, Black Widow put the red, um, the antidote in Taskmaster's face, she was like, it almost like it fixed her a bit. Like it made like almost like a, a remorse, I felt. But I wish like we got full on evil. I wish like antidote, no, I wish she still wanted to kill Black Widow. That, and they underutilized her so much because like we rocket Black market taskmaster so much have funkos in all the trailers poster but we didn't really get much of her even in mm-hmm. the movie i feel like they, they could have done a bit more like maybe taskmaster is like fighting these like unknown characters who yeah at that point let's show us like how badass the character is because just like lay waste to these characters who we don't care about these like unknown gods yeah, you're right. I mean, again, I think I I think it was more put in the trailer than than we would have thought at that point. It's more of not the quote unquote real villain at that point. Drakeoff's the real villain behind the scenes, pull, pulling everyone's strings. But I want to take our last ad break. We'll wrap up with least, and we'll finally get to the infamous e- Easter egg and and rankings and where we see this film taking the MCU. So, all right. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we, we're going to take our last and final ad break. 
again, these ads keep the lights on at the Geek Ultimate Alliance Network. We don't get to choose what ads come on, and they can be a bit loud. So we're going to give you that three count to before uh, we take it to the ads. Three, two, one. We'll be right back. All right. So any more least favorite scenes, moments? I think we've beaten Taskmaster down at that point. So we'll... <laughs> Every <laughs> scene with Elena. Whoa. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, Florence Pugh or whatever. But the or, hair flip. The hair flip. That right? was... I will tell you right now. Uh, that was when I noticed... Uh, like on top of her voice, when I first noticed it, I was like, Ugh. but when I understand, I understood the second time around when they did the whole like superhero pose thing, I was like, okay, this is going to be a joke going throughout the entire movie. And even near the end, when she tried to do it herself, it did get a chuckle out of me. But I felt that the comment about the superhero pose just was not organic and it was just like hey insert joke here hmm. uh and so i didn't like that at all uh the the moments of like when they were rescuing alexi these are two assassins super spies whatever you want to call them they didn't really act and or perform like they were assassins or super spies uh and i know and I, I i didn't really notice it until uh travis said it on geekverse but she did have a very robotic kind of and chris you said it here um like very awkward sense of communication mm -hmm. um throughout this entire film uh so i do understand hey maybe she is like you know, she she's not really familiar with social norms or whatever because she was under control for so long. Mm -hmm. I can understand that. But just her like like the moment with her vest. Oh, this is the first thing I've ever got to buy for myself. It's a sweet moment, but like, oh dude, you just don't know. It's all these pockets and everything. I'm just like, ah, yeah, no, it doesn't dude, sell it. Clay, Clay, and that Katie was so Katie, true. Katie, <laughs> Katie can attest to this though. Um girls like pockets. Girls they want like pockets, pockets in their jeans. They can't get them in their jeans. I, like, I understand about all the time. Ta talk to so a girl pockets. in a dress with pockets. Every oh, compliment yes. it every time. It's got pockets. No yes. offense, Katie. Every no. time. It's that we, I guarantee me, you that. Hit with <laughs> my, and my wife can't fit in my pockets. So me and my wife, we had a contest <laughs> to see what all I could fit in my four pockets, uh, and what she could fit in hers. Uh, so I yeah, totally understand. I, I <laughs> totally understand the sentiment of like the pockets or whatever. But again, that I feel like the although it's very very true in the sense of female fashion, it does hark back to what Katie was saying. They just made that scene so that way. Hey, remember this is the same vest that Natasha is wearing in Infinity War. Like it didn't really have a whole lot to it. But yeah. Uh, I, I did not like uh, Elena's like character the entire movie. I, oh, that is That's the fun. hottest take. Yep. I yes, Katie. you been even even like even Travis is like, oh, she's like the number one in like all of acting right now, and I'm just like, you, you okay. I'm sorry. 
I want to record that and just keep that going. Those the actions you just did and everything that was that was great. <laughs> well, let me let me see if I can pull off my my best Snell. Right oh now. gosh, oh gosh, uh, <laughs> bro. No, just... uh, no, but she is a great. Like I, I liked her in mid uh, midsummer or midsummer. However you say that, her performance in that was amazing, and that's a really really freaky a freaky movie. Uh, that's really the only one I've, I know she's been in other movies and I can't recall them off the top of my head, but that's the one that I, that's my go-to. And so seeing her in this, I was like, okay, cool. This is, this is great. I liked her performance. I can't, obviously I can't agree with you on that one. That's your thoughts or your thoughts, even if they're wrong. But, uh, so let's go ahead and move on to the, uh, mind control or the, 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 go ahead, Katie. This is 110% Florence Pugh's movie. I don't care what you say. This was her movie. She shied yeah. in it. It was oh. her movie, but she didn't do great in it. She <laughs> it was by far the breakout star of this yeah. movie. Yes. Not even close. Yep. Not even close. But my control. I would control. just like to highlight she is an Academy Award nominated actress. <laughs> Isn't and I have Hollywood? six podcasts. <laughs> Damn, one man. of those is more relevant than the other. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, Joe, okay, so uh, the mind Joe, control. Take us to mind control, and then um, we'll move on to the Easter eggs. I mean, the, the end credit. The one thing I that bugged me about the mind control is not even that it is a repeat copy paste of Winter Soldier. If you look at the time frame, it makes sense. You know, it, it, uh, Bucky gets the serum from Howard Stark in 91. And where does he take it to? He takes it to the Hydra base in Russia. Well, guess, you know, Russia obviously is going to do what they can. Chris mentioned that earlier. Alexei was probably the only one, the only good soldier that the serum took where the rest of them went bad. And then they had to keep freezing them. And that's assuming that he has got the, the serum in 91 mm-hmm. again he lies he's he's a he's a storyteller um no you're right having the, the girls liar <laughs> well yeah uh having the girls be uh, my manipulated i guess because i don't really want to call it mind control because they still have their wits they're still doing things they're just they're they're they've been trained to to think this way they've been trained a certain way and that's all they know the the mist that basically releases their not releases their inhibitions but allows them to get their faculties back eh, like I, I i get it you you need the you need the reason for yelena to basically go rogue from the red room from the black widows and to bring in natasha but we also know that Natasha herself, because of Budapest, this was her way to get into, you know, uh, into the Avengers. How did she initially get away from my, that, that mind control from, from all so that? It my wasn't mind process, control. Yeah, you my you know what I'm saying. But how did she break that, that cycle unless she, wasn't, unless she was not the one being tested on? Because Yelena does mention she was not the one being tested on. Yeah, she was. Yelena does mention she, she was tested. She got tested on that. So okay, yeah, okay. Because they did talk about how the difference between um, uh, conditioning and mind control. They yeah. did yeah, yeah, yeah. talk about it in the film, so that way. 
But Mike, again, you what, what Chris of... said earlier, mind control is like the, you just call it mind control because that's the easiest thing to, to say. Yeah, you're right. Well, let's conditioning refer to it as better. control serum and then the conditioning. Yeah. yeah. And in this case, Natasha didn't have the serum um, in, but she, in her training. But she but had something she, because she had the, she could not attack. Uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Drake. So that was the because science the pheromones. where everyone was, every widow was conditioned with in their training to have that um, basically injected that says, hey, if you smell this, don't attack. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. One last thing, and I don't want to just sketch a boy because I think it's very obvious. I think at the end when Natasha's yelling, no, don't do it, uh, she, you know, Yelena puts the uh, thing, you're going to blow up the, uh, Thing that Drakov's on at that point, bad CGI. What? Bad sequence, bad, like, yeah. bad, like bad, old bad sequence. school. And if I, and again, I'm a DC fan. At that point, I'm going to say this: that we all saw, you know, in Zack Snyder's Justice League, Cal. No, at that point, that was also bad. It's along the same lines. At that point, it was just, it was just bad, just bad. Yeah. After a okay. year, they could have done better with that. It was a bad sequence. Bad, bad CGI, but <laughs> I mean, that's also um, probably just thinking that it was done two years ago and they were just ready to, to put it out and like, oh, we don't have to touch it up. It's fine. Take pride it's in your fine. work then. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, but anyway, so end credit scene. So we get one end credit, not two. Uh, we get one end credit. We get uh, Yelena getting out of the car. We get a. She has a dog, and it's named Fanny. Everyone catches that call back to. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was one of the names that uh, Mason gave her at that point. Go to the grave site. Very touching moment. I think that was good. And then we get the blowing of the nose of that. A lot of us, I know, uh, Travis and I were talking about it when we were early on in our days that this was probably going to be kind of talking about at that point once um, Val showed her face in. Uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier at that point that this movie was supposed to come out before Falcon and Winter Soldier. This was not going to be the first. This was not, not the second time. It's going to be the first time we see Valentina. And she says, and I, I want to get this right at that point. You know, she's allergic to the Midwest and she's got a job. She's got her next job and she wants to very, she says very, and you got to be careful with the words you assume. She says, here is your next target. Shows show uh, it, you know, show you the man who's responsible for his sister's death. That is all she says. That is all Valentina says. Here is your next target. We don't know what she means by the next target. Many people are assuming you're going to kill Clint at that point. We don't know that. And it, it, knowing anything about Valentina in the comics, I'll call a line from BVS. Don't believe everything you hear, son. You know. At that point, there, there's a second. There's, there's a little bit more to that, and I don't think it's a kill order at that point. The, but. the notion of them already having a working relationship, uh, I felt was really nice, because um, it builds upon like, you know, you, you kind of hope, and you know, it's not necessarily going to happen, but the way the movie ends before the, before this post credit, you kind of hope like. Hey, maybe there can be some sort of normality, especially after uh, uh, the snap or the blip or whatever you want to call it. Like maybe she found some sort of uh, normality within all of that. 
but you know, her working with Val, you're like, okay, what is she doing? You know, like you said, a lot of people are assuming this is going to be a kill order. Um, could be a recruitment. Could be. He did you know, lead the Thunderbolts. Yep. Did lead it at the time. So I will say, though, um, I almost, almost, because even if it were to happen, I don't even care if we had an explanation here or maybe in another movie. She whistled. And I yes. was like, yes. holy crap, yeah. do it. Do it. Just show her. Just freaking have <laughs> freaking Black Widow there. Have Natasha there. And it didn't happen. And I was like, I wasn't like heartbroken that it didn't happen. I was heartbroken in the I was heartbroken in the sense of like, oh, that's really sad for her as a character. But like for a split second, I was like, this is gonna be like a freaking homeward bound moment where you're just gonna see her walking over the hill. It's like, <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I for me, I wasn't expecting Natasha to come back. Like, especially after seeing, I think it was phase zero did an interview with her and the way she talked about ending her career is Na- Natasha like I this is it for her um so I think for me one thing that I would have thought of would have been like if Clint was there and maybe Clint had said like Clint worked with Natasha and Natasha said hey if you ever hear this like this is my sister like protect her or whatever um so I was kind of expecting that I wasn't well okay i Valentina was not necessarily unexpected, but I wasn't expecting the movies and the TV shows to cross over so soon, I guess. Yeah. What are anyone, anyone else's thoughts on these, on the uh, end credits? Yeah. I, I, I thought the same thing about the whistle. Um, in fact, I think it almost seemed too obvious. So I, part of me is glad they didn't do it that way because I just, it feels too early. I'm not against her coming back. It's comic books. Everybody can come back eventually. I just, it just feels too early being only the second movie post in game, the fourth project or whatever, because of, of the Disney plus shows, but it was supposed to be the second one, you know, on the original timeline that they had. And so I, I think what they did with Val makes a lot of sense. When Val showed up, don't call her Val, but when Val showed up Just think on Falcon it. and Winter Soldier, basically it more or less leaked out that, oh, she was going to be a part of Black Widow mm-hmm. first. That was going to be the introduction of the character. And then as a result, Marvel's allegedly talking about pulling her scenes from the movie to change how it all happens. And I'll be honest, I totally forgot the whole movie. I totally forgot those things were I those kind of rumors I try to forget about them. And they it was I completely forgot. And then I saw her I'm like, oh my gosh, yes. I'm so glad they left it in, but all they do is call her Valentina. They don't give you mm-hmm. anything more than that. You got you got less from her in this than you did in Falcon Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. I think people would have been even more confused. I think a lot of comic book fans would have been confused on who exactly she was. I feel like by doing that, plus people have been questioning probably too early for these questions, but regardless, are the shows going to matter towards the movies? One, I think we're going to find out next week on Loki that that's a yes. And two, this is another, another sign that, yeah, like this stuff matters. Like we're not, this isn't like it used to be where we talk about being connected, but we're really not. This is no like full on 
We Agents are connected. Shield. We are saying Agents, Agents of Shield season three and on. Three and on for the record. <laughs> I mean, one and two, I'll give them. But regardless, this is a true definitive connection. We've got Val showing up on Disney Plus. We have Val showing up in the movies. I think it I think it's a great credit scene to start the next phase off. Look, I mean, look at how look at how it all started with the very first credit scene with Sam Jackson basically showing up and talking about the Avengers initiative. No, she didn't talk about the Thunderbolts, but she's clearly putting together a team. That I feel is undeniable when we see her with Yelena here, and we already know she's recruited John Walker. And while no, we don't know why she wants to go after Clint. I do think it's a kill order only because, or at least that's part of it, because she says this is the person responsible for the death of your sister. You don't phrase it that way if you're not trying to send them after him. But regardless, I, I think it's a great start. Now, do I want every single movie to have a credit scene with her showing up and recruiting someone? No. But the first couple, one in Disney+, Plus, one theatrically, I think it makes a lot of sense. Now, two things. One, um, yes, this movie was supposed to come out before Final One Sunshine. But that being said, in the timeline of the MCU, did she already recruit John Walker? Well, we don't really, we don't know the answer to that because we don't know the timeline that the story takes place, that the credit scene takes place in. We know it's post game. That's all we mm-hmm. got. So we don't know has the John Walker recruitment already happened. Mm-hmm. And two, I kind of feel like after like almost two years of no MCU movies, we had a whole crap load of MCU movies this year. I kind of wish we got at least one more um, after crash scene, something. Because like for what we got, I'm like, okay, like this is nice and all, but we kind of, I kind of saw this coming from uh, Falcon and Soldier when they said that she was in this movie. So I just assumed that she would be recruiting either um, Elena or... Taskmaster to join her squad. So I kind of wish we got one more thing than that. And I think that, you know, for us, we're not general audience. Katie's probably the most general audience person in, in the, uh, <laughs> the panel tonight at that point. I didn't even say it, anything on Taskmaster because I have no idea who she is in comics. Exactly. So. <laughs> exactly. Well, she's a guy for one thing. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. Yep. Um, but, you know, I heard bloggers and other podcasts, namely BD at that point, saying, oh, my God, the 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 end credits is, you know, some people have made it bigger than it was. It was. And I wasn't listening to any of that just because I was not expecting the Black Widow end credit scene to really blow open the doors on phase four. Does it set things up for phase four? Better believe it. Was it the most amazing thing in the world? No, it wasn't. It did what it needed to do for the, for the film and where it's leading to. But, you know, I know some people complain about, oh, Val blowing her nose at a very touching scene. You know, that kind of took people out of it. I was like, but that, that, was the that's, point. That, that's, your, <laughs> yeah. that's your character. I mean, it, 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 that that's just the way it is. So, again, say what you want. Mar- uh, Kevin Feige, we're not he'll do tip of the hats to us comic book people. They're making movies for general audience and. We'll come to see in, in this week can't, eh, how much so far that it, it's making it's making the money right now, but you know it does set it it basically sets up Hawkeye where mm-hmm. it's that we know Florence Pugh is going to be in. So, but it kind of stinks because had this movie come out when it was originally intended to, we would not have known that prior to the movie. And again, I tried to kind of tune that stuff out, but that one I knew. I mean, I was like, well, she's definitely surviving. I was surprised that both the parents lived. I thought yeah. for sure one of them was gone. I thought Taskmaster wasn't killed by Guardian. 
Yes, so did I. And but I mean, you kind of wanted to see it just to see Taskmaster really shown like the mm-hmm. badassery that was capable mm-hmm. there. But regardless, I, I mean, I I like the credit scene, and I, I guess I don't have that same feeling of like, oh, we needed some good credit scenes, you know, because like we just had a couple, like three in Wandavision, <laughs> and we had a couple in Falcon and Winter Soldier, and we've already had one, one in Loki. next week. <laughs> and we, yeah, presumably we're getting one next week. I'm like, I think I think they're doing that already. All right, we're getting to the end. That's getting sun's sun's getting a little low there, there, bud. Sun's getting a little low. A little low. It's been <laughs> been down for like two hours now for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, kind of closing up before we get to rankings. At that point, you know, we're pretty confident. You know, right now we're not going to probably see Scarlett Johansson as Black Widow for a while, if at all. Again, but you never know. But what do we see for some of the future of some of these characters we got met met for the first time? Who do you see coming back outside of Yelena? Let's put Yelena off to the side. We 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 know we're seeing her again at that point. Do we see any of these characters again? I would love to see Red Guardian. Yeah, Taskmaster. I would love to see come back. I would love to see Red Guardian come back. Mm-hmm. Not saying like, I don't know where they would come back at. If we're if Thunderbolts is not on the table, if Dark Avengers is not on the table at this moment, I don't know where they would come back as like a cameo, but I would love to see them come back. Melina, maybe like her role in this in this thing, other than just being the scientist and and having the whole reason for the Red Room. If her character can expand, yes, but really just Taskmaster and and Red Guardian. Those are two I want to come back. I think that with the limited contracts now, um, you know, we've kind of talked about how some of them are going to be large, some of them are going to be one or two, whatever. Um, I think with the limited contracts, I think it leaves these characters to be treated more like they are in comics. If there is a lot of praise from fans, then... Kevin Feige can for sure find a way to be like, hey, we need to bring this character back. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if that's the case, um, I think uh, Red Guardian is uh, for sure. Um, I do think that he is going to be uh, one of a fan favorite for this film. Uh, I'm going to get my I, Red Guardian cosplay up and going right now. <laughs> but as, I got some here already. As far as uh, anybody else, uh, maybe Taskmaster. Um, but I will not say uh, if it will be uh, the... I forgot her name already. Um, Melita? No. Uh, oh, uh, Taskmaster. Uh, Antonia. Yeah. And yeah, I don't think it'll be her. Um, or I, I, I can't necessarily say that it will not be her. Uh, but we will see Taskmaster in the future as well. Gotcha. Anyone else? Anything new for the order before we go to rankings. I, I think we're going to see people again. Kate Shortland has said that like they, they like these characters. They want to tell more stories with their, these characters. So if they, uh, if, 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 you know, if we're all right and these characters do hit with the, the general public, yeah, they'll probably, we'll probably see them again, maybe in another prequel. I don't know. I would like to see where they are at in the present day. Um, and I would love to see, I would love to see Red Guardian meet up with Sam Wilson, Captain America. That'd so he can finally, cool. you know, fulfill his dream. <laughs> <laughs> that that would be good. And, and Kevin Feige says, you know, again, with the idea of prequels, anything's on the table. 
For me, I think one thing I want to see is I still want to see the widows try and recover who they are and try and figure out what they mean to society as a whole. Um, it's especially like going into a little bit of like the trafficking details, like laid out in this, where the Drake off's literally just like, I'm using the one resource the world has too much of women. I'm that like, was, dude. Uh, mm what the fuck but (laughs) for me like i just think especially with how the world is kind of shown in uh falcon and winter soldier um kind of the widows have had time at that point the ones who are left to try and find out who they are and can maybe help the world figure out where they're meant to be too with the blip coming back and everything so i think that's an that's a really good opportunity to bring some of those characters back in maybe expand on uh like a new red room or something probably not red but like just kind of showing hey there's more to these girls than kind of meets the eye mm-hmm. yeah. and there's the opportunity for alexi melina and Juliana to come in so that's cool i like the the use of transformers in there katie whether you realized it or not more than meets the eye <laughs> I, I knew that was going to get the reaction at that point. <laughs> that, that reaction made it worth it. It's all it good. was. It was. It's all good. Don't worry about it. I just wanted to see. I knew what was going to happen, but I just had to. I had to do it. You set me up. All right. So just going to go around at that point. Your rating out of ten, and you don't. If you know where this exactly stands in your MCU rating, otherwise, kind of a roundabout beginning middle or end of the of your rankings at that point so out of 10 and where does the stand in the in your mcu clay go for it how did i know you were gonna choose me first so i mean you're right there next to me so <laughs> i know <laughs> i know uh we're and it would have been brent at that point i i will be completely honest i have no idea where this lands uh in my ranking um i literally while we were doing this review uh, downloaded uh, Letterboxd for the very first time, and I'm trying to do it like right now before you pick <laughs> well, me. Well, that was a mistake. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. You can always come uh, back but, if you can do it that quickly. Well, I will say this. I will say this because I even said this when I finished watching it for the very first time. I don't know if it's at the bottom of my uh, favorites or if it's at the top of the okay or not great films. It is kind of... Uh, it's way better than Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. It is way better than Thor Ragnarok. Um, but it's nowhere near uh, Iron Man, Captain America, uh, the first Avenger, uh, or Avengers. Uh, so I, I honestly don't know where I would put this. I will say, give me The weekend because I will mm-hmm. probably see it another three, uh, two or three more times Uh to really see where it where it fits. Cool. Well, so well, Clay, it, you we, missed it because I was on mute. But I said this film's way better than Captain Marvel. So, all right, yeah. Fair. Well, Captain Marvel isn't in my top five, so which <laughs> I don't believe this will hit my top five. But we'll see. I I could say I could almost argue that it that it is better than Captain Marvel. Okay. How about out of 10? Where do you rank this just as a as MCU movie at that point out of 10? Out of 10, I would rank this a, a solid 7.5. Mm-hmm. Uh, if this was a comic that I was reading, there's a lot of stuff that I enjoyed. There's some stuff that is gimmicky, uh, in my opinion, that is like, uh, okay. Um, some of the visuals, just like art, I could really appreciate. 
and comedy. I it, it was uh, very tasteful for the for the stuff that were was happening with like Alexi. Um, after a while, I kind of understood Elena's comedy, so I was like, okay, I can see why people like it. Uh, so a solid seven five for me. Okay, Katie. Um, so I actually already had Letterboxd and I had a full, uh, Marvel ranking on here from when I rewatched it for Endgame. Did not rewatch all the movies for this one, <laughs> but I have Black Widow ranked at eight right now. Uh, I would love to see your ranking, by the way. If you could just send me some screenshots. <laughs> I got you. Uh, I'll drop the link in the chat. Um, but for me, I think it's. I've got it at a 3.5 because Letterboxd does that at 5 um, because it's still it's still very flawed to me. And really, I thought I think it could have told a better story if a few things had been changed. And it just really bugs me because Natasha dying in Endgame really bugged me. And I'm sorry, but that's never going to change. <laughs> so um, for me, it's, it's a 3.5. But I really like I said before, I really enjoyed some of the directorial moments loved Elena's character. I'm excited to see her progress in the MCU. Um, and uh, like just a lot of great moments that I thought really works. Uh, the biggest thing is again, just different storytelling. I think it could have really helped. Hmm. Tony. Um, out of 10 all day at work. I was trying to figure out, Instead of doing my job, I was like, man, why would I rank this? And I was choosing between the 7.5, 7.75. But after talking about this, I think I'm going to go with a slight, I'm going to, with an 8. Um, definitely one that I'm going to rewatch. Yes, it has some of its flaws, but some stuff really definitely got me a lot more than others. But as it being in my list of MCU rankings, unfortunately, I actually have a letter box. I don't know how it works. I'm too lazy to figure out how. <laughs> so um, I want to say it's either between number nine through number 12 on my slot. If I actually went through all the movies, it will be somewhere between those four. All right. Joe. Um, I gave this one uh, a seven. I, I did enjoy it, but I... My other issue is is that, like I said earlier, I've only watched it the one time. Uh, it my the score will change on second viewing because the first viewing for me is always I'm enjoying the movie. Mm -hmm. This one I was trying to give a critical eye because I knew I wasn't going to be able to, to watch it again before this review. But normally the, the the viewings after my first initial viewing, that's when I'm starting to dissect everything. So I'm giving this one a seven out of ten. Um, I know I have movies in my MCU that are better, and I know I have some that are going to be lower. My issue is uh, I should have been ranking them during this most current rewatch, uh, but I didn't. That's on me. Um, I'll get there. Maybe on my next rewatch in like three years. We'll Just see. do it now. It's always a moment in time anyway. Just do it now. Because <laughs> uh, I don't remember some of them. So. That's fair. Because like I... It, I started my rewatch at like the beginning of June and I made it all the way to Black Panther last week. So that's why I told you when, when I was talking about Endgame breaking its own time traveling rules, I'm like, give me a month. I'll get there eventually. 
give me like another month. I'll get the, yeah. Technically I still have like two weeks, but that's not the point. Um, Yeah. So I give it, it sits somewhere in the middle for me uh, on my MCU. I don't know exactly where. Give me some time and I'll, I'll drop it at some point in time, somewhere in the future. Uh, I did enjoy the movie. I do want to say that it's an enjoyable movie. I will see it again in theaters one more time, but at the same time, I'm kind of glad I did not pay for the, on the Disney premiere access. That's just me though. Like I'll, I'll, when it comes on to Disney plus in October, I'll watch it like crazy. Um, But until then I'll go see it one more time in theaters. And that's about it for me. Cool. Brent. So overall, I was really happy with this movie. I liked it quite a bit. There were some negatives about it. And I felt good going into this movie when I found out that Jack Schaefer was one of the, has a story credit on it because Jack Schaefer, if you don't know who that is, she's the head writer on WandaVision. And so Ooh. even though this would have happened first, it's still, that gave me confidence mm-hmm. for this going into it. And I would say overall the story it, for me, it worked. Um, I'm going to probably land on a seven I'm going to go with, I think. Um, Ranking wise, I I did get this on Premiere Access. I haven't watched it on there yet, but I will probably watch it again tomorrow. I have my other review I'll be doing for it on fans next week. After that, after listening to some other stuff, you know, I, I, I don't believe it's like you must ignore everybody before it's like no i want to hear what other people have to say about it to catch mm-hmm. things i missed both both positive and negative oh you're right that really kind of did stink looking at that perspective oh that's really cool i didn't think of it that way like i like having those influences but as of right now including the disney plus shows because they are on my letterbox i have it number 15 which just to be clear number 26 because that loki doesn't count yet because it's not finished is a movie that I really, really like and would be happy to watch anytime. So it, it's got to fall somewhere. There's just it's not anything bad about Black Widow so much as just the other movies above it I enjoy more. Mm-hmm. All right. So I would say that I, I'm with a number of y'all. I'm putting this at a 7.5 out of 10. Um, did enjoy it. I, I really love a lot of the characters. I think the characters... The character building is what this movie did well. Uh, besides, you know, the the little things, the Taskmaster, uh, all the stuff, it takes it down a few notches, a few kind of headcanon moments, you know, fine. It's definitely, I, I did, as I said, pay for this. I do not regret. This is actually my first movie on Disney Plus um, that I've done premiere access with. And it's more because I've got kids my wife and I going out, we don't have necessarily paying $70. So she basically said, no, we're buying on premier access because we're not going to theater and paying $70. So (laughs) for this includes a babysitter, not because we're paying $70 for a movie. So it's a hell of a movie price. Um, So you got to get that candy, you know, Uh, we don't, I would say it's about a hundred bucks for me. Uh, I got myself, my girlfriend and our kids, yeah. So with the tickets and then and I got a Regal pass, so I get mine for a, definitely a cheaper price. But with tickets and then popcorn, candy, and all that stuff and drinks, like it. At the end of the day, it's close to hundred bucks for us. Yeah. So, yeah. 
So definitely taking advantage of that. But it, I, I enjoyed it. I'll definitely see this again. I'm probably going to, this is going to kick me in my butt to finally start my rewatch. So for my ranking of this right now, ballparking it, it's probably right in the middle of uh, of it, of my rankings at that point. So I'm going to probably start mine next week and kind of see where this goes, if it goes up or down, but I don't foresee it dropping too much. It may be bottom middle, maybe by the end of it, but right in the middle is kind of where it is right now for me. So, but all right. Thank you all for joining in for our very first Marvel Alliance review. We've, uh, for a movie review, we've got uh, a Shang-Chi. <laughs> yep. Several more coming. <laughs> our next one will be Shang-Chi. More than likely that night, we'll try to see exactly how that works. But yeah, it comes up September 3rd. So I guess our aiming is for that. So may have some of y'all back at that point. We'll maybe have some new panelists. I know, you know, we'll maybe have some few joining us, but I really do want to thank everyone if you're taking your time on a Friday night. I know we're still in pandemic. We still got other things, but I know Katie also sacrificed sleep. I know Joe has sacrificed sleep. Uh, Clay. Clay Clay has just sacrificed Clay a lot. Sleep. Clay doesn't sleep. sleep. Clay, Clay, Clay's got six podcasts. He only sleeps for an hour on Tuesday. He's a full-time student at that point. He's, he works at that point. Clay literally is taskmaster, but he's he got his whole switch about him. right now. <laughs> <laughs> it, for, for me, I'm, I'm a little disappointed that uh, Shang-Chi is not going to be Premier Access because uh, right now in uh, my city, the Delta variant is kind of uh, getting up for uh, numbers of COVID. So yeah. I, I was going to see Black Widow in theaters, uh, but when I saw the numbers increase, I was like, eh, I am fully vaccinated, but yeah. I wanted to be safe. Uh, and not test the waters. Yeah, I'm, so, I'm right there with yeah. you. If it was, if the Delta variant had ramped up here, I would have gone Premier Access. But yeah, we're so. we're good at the moment. So I took advantage of it while I could. Yeah. So, but I do appreciate y'all taking that time today. Um, wanted, well, again, we'll start with you, Clay. Tell people how they can follow you. Plug your shows. All right. So I'm not going to waste the rest of this podcast naming all of them, but I will tell you that you can follow me at fanboy clay on Twitter. And in my bio, there's a link tree with all of my shows there. Katie. So you can find me on Twitter. It's at slice of Katie. I do run two shows on the ultimate Alliance podcast network. One is slice of film where you can find all of the non IP movies that are already covered on the Geek Ultimate Alliance. You can find those reviews on there. Joe and I just did one for Fast 9. That was really good. Cars go um, fast. Cars go fast. <laughs> Ciao. <laughs> and then my other... That is on... Excuse me. Um, That show is on Twitter. It's at Slice of Film 1. Uh, my other show is Star Wars Alliance, which I co-host with Nathan. Um, and that is on Twitter. It's at Star Wars Alliance without the A and the war. It's very important. Uh, we just did a Rising Storm review, Clay, and I did that with Ryan from Minoc Manor. So that episode is live. And then we will also be live this coming Sunday to talk about the recent news in a galaxy far, far away and the bad badge, which is really pissing me off. So... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you have thoughts and more hot takes. So, 
right. Tony. So really quick, uh, oh. I just did my my uh, wow. my letter box. Oh, fourteen geez. is <laughs> where fourteen is where uh, Black Widow is. So just wanted to put that out there. Again, Taskmaster, he will get it done. <laughs> <laughs> Tony. You can find me at Twitter at Walker93, as well as part of Ranger Alliance, and also on Instagram at Comic Underscore Discuss, where last week I reviewed about Spider-Man 29, 2015 run, issue 6 through 9. I think um, tomorrow so, I'll do um, the Shadowland Marvel event. Good luck to you. I'm a Daredevil <laughs> fan, and I say good luck to you. I'm a sample. Open it down. <laughs> Joe. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at um underscore actually underscore. Clay always shakes his head. I love it. Uh, you can also find my show, Comic Book Rundown, on Twitter at Comic Rundown, on Instagram at Comic Book Rundown. Uh, then you also find me as a co host for Ranger Alliance. And uh, yeah, maybe some other things in the works in the future, but we'll see. We'll see. Excuse me. Brent, tell people how they can follow you. Sure. Brent Tech for M on Twitter. Uh, the other show I'm a part of, not part of this network, is Fans Without Borders. Our next episode, which will be next weekend, is going to be to review Black Widow. So we'll uh, we'll see how that goes. It should be an interesting one as well. Um, but yeah, Twitter Twitter is the best place. And as I said at the top, my DMs are open because I'm crazy like that. So feel free. I'm, I'm <laughs> Reach out. It's totally fine. Exactly. So again, thank you. <clears throat> Excuse me. Thank you all for doing that. And again, remind reminding from the top of the show, a lot's happened. We did a lot of reviews. Again, remember we we start our the uh, the contest. So again, two omnibuses from organicpricebooks.com, our official sponsor. Black Widow Strikes, the omnibus, and then Star Wars uh, Legends, the Old Republic omnibus. And for international, someone went in internationally, hundred dollars to OPB. All you need to do, rate and review the solo Marvel Lines podcast feed, uh, whatever your podcast choice may be. When it populates, take a, take a screenshot of it, DM myself, Brent, the show account, email the show at uh, marvellinespodcast at gmail.com. You do not need to do all four. Just do one. We'll get it. We'll run it for about a week, and then uh, we will uh, do some number generator at that point and choose our two winners. So, again, thank you. To JP at OrganicPriceBooks.com, our official sponsor. You can follow me on Twitter at Chris Balgov, and my other show on this network is World's Finest True Believers, and you can follow that on Twitter at Finest Believers. And you can follow the Geek Ultimate Alliance Network on Twitter at GWAPod Network. Feel free to tweet, email if you want to provide feedback, questions, factor fictions are coming back next week. We've got our comic book club. Uh, we're announcing our four our four new uh, arcs that fans are going to vote on. The theme is multiverse, so we will be talking about which four uh, arcs and limited series you will get to choose from to choose our next comic book club. And uh, rate and review again. Again, that's part of the contest, so do that. And thank you all again, panel, for joining us. We really appreciate your time. Thank you all for joining us who were joining us live in the chat, watching us later, listening to us Saturday morning or whenever you listen to us after you see Black Widow. We hope you enjoyed our first one. As we said, plenty more movies coming down the road. As Brent tweeted on our hashtag, make mine marvel. Stay safe out there, everyone. As Stan the Man would say, excelsior, true believers. <laughs>